on a game of D&D that we had recently, there was a pun challenge that one of my friends created for me. They were DMing, and I heard a very good pun joke, and I would like to, to ask to see if you get it. It's more of a riddle. Okay. Okay. We're starting. This is the episode, by the way. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> uh, so there's... Uh... Oh, gosh. Oh, wait, uh, uh, hello, by the way, everyone. This is Rose Tinted Reels. I'm Zachary, your co-host, and the other person speaking is... I'm Allison, your other co-host. She's got a pun for us, so just just go ahead. But now there's too much pressure. No, nope, nope, I thought ahead. it was just No, nope, go ahead. Okay. There's, uh, They've got to get used to it at some point. You're a pun person. <laughs> there's uh, uh, Papa Bigger, Mama Bigger, and Baby Bigger, which uh, is the biggest... Okay. It just just hit it. It's baby bigger because he's just a little bigger. Oh boy. <laughs> he's stifling a laugh. Zach has this very big tell when he stifles a laugh. It's these little twitches on the side of his mouth and his nostril flare to but beat my, all flares. <laughs> but I am laughing at you though. Oh yeah. I mean, no, <laughs> I didn't write it. I just enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> you just enjoyed it. That's even more damning. It's like all the uh, dad jokes on the interweb. I end up sharing those more than dads do. Yes, indeed. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, okay, so we were, we just, this is impromptu. We didn't intend for this to be the beginning of the episode, but heck, heck it, man. This is, it. This is Jaws, baby. <sighs> I love Jaws. Love it so much. Do you? Do you? Yeah. What do you think I think? I think you do, too, because otherwise you wouldn't have so many fun facts and uh, time-stamped audio things to share. I want to be educational. Educational. Well, I think that even if you did not enjoy it Mm. for what it was, you would enjoy it for what it represented for cinema. It was groundbreaking. Water-breaking. Water-breaking. Ground and water and sand. Mm-hmm. Yep, 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 yep. Okay, all right. Well, we'll see. We'll see. At the end of the episode, when we give our ratings, you will find out whether or not I like this episode of Jaws, the podcast on RTR. My prediction? Ease. I give nothing away. It's true. Good poker face if you can't see his face. Yes, the smile. <laughs> <laughs> the smile and the nostril flare. But I do that even when I'm losing, so you never know. <laughs> uh. All right, all right. So, so anyway, uh, we're still in Act One. This is chit chat. Chit chatting. We've decided that the structure should be in acts, just like a movie. It's true. Um, so part of this, uh, I would like to. Um, this is a surprise to Mr. Zachary. I would also like to. We're going to have a bigger dedication um, towards the end of the the podcast, um, but at the beginning, I would like to. Uh, dedicate this individual episode to Mr. Tony Belante, a man, a myth, a legend, mm-hmm. terrified and enamored with sharks. But he's a good singer. Great singer. Not not relevant to what you just said, but he's just a beautiful singer. Maybe he would not be as scared of sharks if he thought he could croon to them and make them not, a, you know, attack. So if he were a superhero, his <laughs> power would be singing the, to the power of singing <laughs> But it would only work on sharks. It's a very specific Aquaman. <laughs> so, Tony, this is your future. <laughs> yeah, I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> I hope you listen to the show. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. Let's say something really, I guess that's pretty specific. I was going to say, let's test him. Test Tony? Yeah, so just to make sure he's actually listened to it, if he says he did. Okay. Uh, pi- mm. Pineapple water onions. See if he can repeat that phrase to us. What is this, like the presidential cognitive test? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if he can do it. If he can, then he's the smartest guy in the world. Oh, also, you have to do it in order. I don't even remember what order it was. It was something about pineapple onion water. <laughs> I think I got it wrong. <laughs> you didn't I... pass the test. You're not as smart as the president. So how does that make you feel? kind of want to hit you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All anyway. Right. Yes. Anyway. Mm-hmm. So... Yes. You were dedicating this to him. I was dedicating this lovingly to our friends. Yes. It turned into a political <laughs> issue somehow. <laughs> Trump will just weasel his way into every topic. Let's he, not say his name again. It's true. Because you know what? We're talking about movies and mm. fun mm. and escapes from reality. Actually, I think I have to talk about him again. Yeah, it, it kind of correlates <laughs> to some of the stuff going on in Jaws. Yeah. So. Damn it. Damn it, Trump. <sighs> Anyway. <laughs> well, all right. So are you done with this beautiful dedication to our beautiful singing friend? Yes. Um, I, I think that he will be pleased. Um, I miss you, Tony. And I hope once the Rona's kind of... I'm really hoping for a vaccine. Uh, oh, speaking of vaccines, I would mm-hmm. like to strongly encourage our listeners, get your flu shot this year. Uh, this year, more than ever, it is important. It's not just for your health. It is for the health of those around you. Um, yes, you may get some symptoms of the flu once you get the shot. The likelihood of that is not all the time, but um, it reduces the impact of what the flu can do to you. And with so many correlating symptoms between flu and COVID-19, you're just doing yourself a really big service by just getting that knocked knocked away. So please get a flu shot. And, and you may you may develop symptoms of autism. And I just I'd like to know what people can do out there about about the autism that they get from flu shots. So I believe you're referring to a false study that was presented. <laughs> Oh, and it, it deals with um, trace amounts of mercury content and false statistics. Most of those have, well, no, not most, all of those have been discredited um, by the medical community at large. Um, again, not trying to turn this into a political issue. I just strongly encourage you to please get vaccines. Just, just do it. It's a medical <laughs> PSA from Allison. Yeah, j- just do it. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Autism isn't that bad, so we'll be all right. Anyway, that's much like <laughs> sharks. <laughs> yes, of course. If there was a vaccine for sharks, we'd all get it. Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed, we would. <laughs> I would get that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyway, all right, Jesus, we're still in chit-chat, and I have one question for you while we're in act one of chit-chat. I'm frightened. No, you shouldn't. Well, kind of. It's about Halloween. Oh, Halloween, my favorite holiday. Mm-hmm. Mine too, mine too, mine too. I have, uh, what are we going to do for Halloween? So, uh, for our listeners, um, Mr. Zach and I have discussed inviting some of our friends to join us for Halloween season watching um so horror movies horror comedy rocky horror picture show horror musical um 
increasing Zach's viewerships of the horror movie franchises and inviting some friends to partake about why they love it. And so um, due to COVID-19, we want to be responsible when we do this. So we're going to figure out a way to get the voices of our friends in. Um, yeah, through Skype and Zoom and all the rest of it. Yeah, we can make it work. We can make it work for you. Our friends are wonderfully articulate. They are hilarious. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Fun will be had by all. Tricks and treats. And it's just, it's going to be a good time and you should join us. Oh, it's going to be fabulous. Uh, Mark and I were actually talking on our walk last night. We walk our dog together in the evening times. Yeah. And we were talking about what movie... My, my fiancé is Mark. Um, you've probably heard me reference him before a million was, times. Was now. this the 1 a.m. walk? No, I don't go with... So we walk Wade uh, three or four times a day. Um, one in the morning, one or two in the afternoon, one good one in the evening. And then um, Mark will take him for his final walk uh, before bedtime so he can get that last uh, bit of pee out and... Um, <laughs> There, uh, we live in an area where people like to shoot off fireworks for no holidays, just random fireworks for fireworks' sake. And our poor dog is scared of that. Mm -hmm. um, so, Mark uh, wishes you a karmic stubbing of your toe for what you've done to our dog. Indeed, indeed. But no, so our evening walk, our long one, uh, we were talking about what movies uh, we could get you to view that are Mark favorites. So it would have to be a oh. Kurt Russell or a John Carpenter film you have not seen. All right. I may be revealing some amount of my ignorance on this topic, but isn't or is the only or isn't is is the only is it the only is the only <laughs> Kurt Sorry. Russell. He's adjusting his microphone the whole time and, and I've lost track what the question might or wasn't or could be <laughs> go on yeah, 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 yeah i've got it i've got it i can still handle this i'm hanging in okay so is perhaps maybe the only kurt russell horror movie the thing i've stumped allison i, I <laughs> have i won rose tinted reels no it's just i don't can He's known for a lot of action, thriller mm -hmm, mm -hmm. kind of movies. Um, the thing is the most terrifying. I think it's rated high amongst its terror rating. But I am not the Kurt Russell expert that my fiance is. Well, we're going to have to get him in at some point to set the record straight. But that, in uh, as far as I know, that's his only horror movie. And I have seen it. And mm -hmm. I like that movie quite a lot. We were actually speculating whether or not you had on the walk. That was going to be the one I was going to suggest if you had not seen it, because there's also that uh, Sherlockian mystery problem-solving skills that I think you find very uh, enticing. Uh, yeah, I like that about it, and it was yeah, it was beautiful. I mean, it was well filmed, well acted. I thought that it was a, a lovely movie. Mm -hmm. It was a lovely picture show. It was good. Uh, I have to leave during the dog scene. Um, forewarning. If there's ever an animal scene in anything we watch, I have to leave the room. But there is in Jaws. Uh, it's an eluded dog scene. They don't show anything happening. To the but dog. a dog still died. Uh, and, and, and many, many people. And uh, yeah, it's Jaws. Uh, you know what? Animal on animal crimes are. Animal <laughs> <laughs> on animal crimes? <laughs> Jaws murdered a dog. Um. 
It would have been worse if a person had murdered the dog for me. Uh, uh, well, but it, they kind of did. Well, yeah, by allowing people to... Sw- but we're getting ahead of ourselves. Oh my, I'm sorry. Okay. Anyway, so I had that question about Halloween. Mm-hmm. Uh, just what we're going to be doing for that season. It seems like we've got some kind of plan in place. And I also wanted to ask you again, more officially on the podcast, if you will agree to be my relationship manager. Oh, I would be honored to do that. So uh, ladies, send your resumes to me. Uh, I will be reviewing them and scrutinizing them to the T. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on the market. Ladies. 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 (laughs) So, um, yes, I I had been helping Zach review some photographs on some uh, dating services just because I look for deceptive photos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I just, I can't do it. I'm bad on social media. I, I just, I can't always, I can't do that. It's mm. l- looking at stuff and reading people's thoughts and opinions. And now I can't reply to their thoughts and opinions, so you will have to reply. What? Well, yeah. we need to hire an assistant or something to you talk don't. to these people for me. <laughs> so we're also taking applications for a co-assistant to. <laughs> <laughs> Tuesday. Maybe Tony would like to take up this since he's on the, today's episode, he's, the topic list. He does have a very adept way of scrutinizing people. Like, he's very good at it. All right. So he's high on the list. Yeah. For your assistant yeah. relationship advisor. I think he'd be good. 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 Yeah. All, All right. right. So uh, listener reviews and comments. All right. I've got nothing because we haven't uploaded anything and it's not got any presence on social media, so. Uh, so today I finally built our Facebook page. Um, I do need to finish editing, but it is up. Um, Sarah from Eugene, Oregon, friend of mine, says, uh, I would like to leave a real review, so please let me know when you make this more publicly accessible. How did she spell real? She didn't. Well. We were talking via video chat on our Friday Dungeons and Dragons session. And you couldn't hear the way she spelled it? No, it's kind of like if someone says blue, you could be talking about the wind blows kind of blue or the color blue. I feel like if you've got really good diction, you can you can tell. Okay, so she is... Uh, <laughs> she's got bad diction? <laughs> she, she, well, no, she's just not, you know, at the level of like, my fair lady, Ooh. how kind of you to <laughs> let me come. <laughs> exactly. Yes. So it could have been real or real. She didn't actually use the name of our podcast. She just said, when you publish your podcast. Oh, so she yeah. didn't know? So yeah. the pun wasn't in her mind when she was talking. Exactly. Damn and it. frankly, it's a little disappointing. Puns should always be at the forefront of thought. I know. I'm surprised you didn't pick up on it. <sighs> oh, boy. It was Friday night. I was tired. <laughs> I sure hope so. <laughs> <laughs> He's not mad. He's just disappointed. I'm a little bit mad. No. Oh. I'm it's true. His, his nostrils flared. <laughs> got steam coming out of my ears. Your uh, nostrils are your ears? Yes. <laughs> I've got steam coming out of many places. So, so Go to a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Any what's... Oh, and on this topic, yes. uh, 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 we need artwork. If anybody out there has a brain and hands that can y- util- be utilized... <laughs> In such a manner that can create beautiful artwork for us, so, I, I would be a recipient of it. So sorry, Scarecrow. We need someone with a brain. <laughs> yes. Nobody stupid, please. Need apply. 
So really, it's a challenge. We only want the best and the brightest. If you think you are the best and the brightest, prove us right. If you think you've got a brain, go ahead and try. I'll let you know. And now that we've lost all of our viewers. (laughs) Well, no, because everyone's going to be arrogant enough to assume, hey, I've got a brain. I'm going to give it a try. Nobody's going to be offended by that. Who thinks they don't have a brain? Allison raised her hand. Come on now. Don't be down on yourself. I'm sure you do. (sighs) So I think we should get right into the movie because we have a lot of content for you people today. What? I said we have a lot of content. For our people today. Oh, today. Yeah. That, that last word, for some reason, <laughs> sounded like, it's not even that funny. I don't know why I'm laughing, but it sounded like you said, we've got a lot of pe- a lot of content for you people. A. <laughs> a. a. So sometimes cool. when I don't articulate, I just turn into the fonts. A. a. <laughs> All right. Yes. Let's get it. <gasps> Let's do some trivia. Let's, Let's alternate trivia. How many trivias do you have? Oh, you probably have more b- than I between do. trivia about the movie, rumors surrounding the movie, uh, things going on during the movie. I got quite a bit. All right, you go first. We'll alt- alternate our trivia. This is going to be the battle of trivia. Mm-hmm. Who will have the best trivia? Okay, mm-hmm. so uh, I'm going to start with a big one. <gasps> so uh, there's a connection to the film and the Stephen King family. Um, in finding new information um, that gave a major lead on a cold case to a actual murder and a oh, murder victim. Interesting, Stimpy. So um, in the uh, film, uh, there's a capture of the last moments of a woman's life. She is known as the Lady of the Dunes. Um, people don't have not identified her at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, she... Her outfit, her description, very well known in the Cape Cod area because there's not a lot of murders that happen in Cape Cod. And the way that she was so brutally executed and remains um, disassembled to make it harder to identify her, there was enough information about her body that when um, Stephen King's son, Joe Hill, uh, another very successful horror author, um, he was watching the movie and was able to identify her in the background of one of the scenes. Um, and through his podcast has implored that they reopen her cold case, have her body exhumed for DNA um, samplings to look for living relatives. Um, so just very interesting. That is fascinating. So when was that? When did he do that podcast? Uh, that I need to look up. I didn't grab hmm. the exact date. Um, but I, I believe it was within the last five years. Very interesting. So I wonder where that went, if that's gone anywhere. Uh, I couldn't find any updates uh, to that. Uh, I think that there was so much damage done to the woman's body. She was found in a sand dune at the same beach mm. um, after they wrapped up filming. So there's not a lot of information um, that's available for, for her. But if the woman was an actress... Um, who is actually not the Lady of the Dunes, she has not come forward. So I have some trivia that I didn't write down, but that I just remember reading mm-hmm. about a woman in a sand dune. Really? <gasps> who hasn't muted their phone? It might have been me. It is you, because I don't have that one. That one hurts my ears. It's my mommy. <gasps> she's, she's texting me. What does she say? How about I make pepper water for one meal at Z's next weekend? Clearly it'll be scary. What is pepper water? You don't know about pepper water? Oh, man. You've got a thing to learn about cooking, my friend. I'm just going to let that marinate for a second. 
Why didn't you mute it the I, second time? <laughs> I did actually. It is on mute. Oh, and that's coming from my computer. That's why. <laughs> my phone is on mute. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> So oh of the two of us, I think I'm a little more culinarily inclined. <laughs> Look, I can cook a mean chicken breast, and that's it. Can I please introduce you to the world of fresh vegetables? I'd need to know about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me everything. Zaka, we, we went over for, to Zach's house um, the other day for dinner. He was kind enough to cook for us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, you helped as well. You did the greens. Yes, I, I said... Let me help with something. And he handed me two cans of green beans. And I don't know if it's the snob in me or yes. I, I had never had a canned green bean before. <laughs> <laughs> you can put these things in cans. Why would you do that? Well, the things I, I know of canned food, they're usually much more salty because they're brined and shelf-stabilized. Um, so I, I tried to doctor them to brighten up the flavor so i added some fresh garlic um some red pepper flakes um some pepper uh just just trying to brighten up the the dish a little bit and all you tasted was butter and garlic at the end of it which i think helped i I thought it was really tasty thank you i thought you did a good job you did well you're you're gonna make a good cook one day i'm a good cook now oh I, okay, look, full disclosure, I have to confirm that you're a great cook. Thank you. She's cook. I used to live w- with Allison and, and uh, my, a former person that I used to be associated with um, in, a, in an apartment. And uh, you cooked for us quite a lot. It was really tasty. I thank you. I think mm. uh, the only criticism I received was too much onion in my uh, turkey meatloaf. Uh, I think that was the only thing you guys ever said to me. <laughs> about. I don't remember that. I just remember a lot of picking around. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so you just assumed that was the complaint. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so... Where, where, what, what? How did we get down that road? Pepper water. Pepper water is a great dish. It's, uh, it's curry, chicken with soupy stuff and rice and such. Uh, it's called pepper water. Get, get it together, man. I'll look it up. It's delightful. It's a family recipe, actually. You'll never be able to do it as well as my Oma. Well, I, I don't intend to try to step on toes. I just, the, the culinary person in me is just curious what is. You know, that's interesting. She, uh, my Oma was also responsible for introducing her family to uh, potato candy, which we talked about last week. Mm. She's so, got all the culinary surprises. So in addition to uh, broadening Zach's movie horizons, we're allowing him to talk about his Oma and do an homage to his Oma in the world of food. Uh huh. <laughs> yes. No, I just I think it's fun. Oh, all right. There's nothing more there. I just <laughs> like it. <laughs> all right. Back to the trivia. Oh Here. yeah, yeah. So the sand dune. This is, look. This is just a recursion of of uh, of of what do you call those tangents? Mm-hmm. Um, so we're we're backing down the recursion, the recursion, the box trace. Mm-hmm. You're this, a recursion. Yeah, okay. All right. Calm down. So uh, the sand dune trivia. Mm-hmm. You were talking about a lady buried in a dune. And in the movie, you see a lady in a dune mm-hmm. after she's ripped apart by a shark. Yes. So they had a prop arm made. This isn't really that interesting. It shouldn't have taken this long to tell the story. But <laughs> they had a prop arm stuck in the sand. And uh, Mr. Stevie uh, Spielberg said that doesn't look real enough. So he buried one of the female uh, crew members. Mm. All of them. Not all of the members, but just all of one member except for her hand. There you go. That's it. 
not that interesting. No, it kind of is. I would not want to be the volunteer for that because of all the little crabs that were dismantling the corpse. To me, Ooh. that would lead to maybe some accidental pincers. Yeah, it might have. We'll mm-hmm. have to get in touch with that person. Yes, if you're that person. And you're listening, which you definitely are. Yep, because you want to listen to all the job podcasts, <laughs> hoping that you get the... Uh, Recognition. I, I am the arm. <laughs> I am the arm that sets the stage. <laughs> I was the real star of that movie. Oh, gosh. It's... Uh, never mind. I... I'll, I'll bring it up later when we get to that movie. What movie is that? So if we ever end up um, watching any of the Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead franchise, uh, Romero's zombie films. Mm, I have not seen the original. Okay. So if, if we ever circle back to those, I have an interesting factoid. I am actually, I think that would be a good movie for this podcast because it's a movie that I don't know that I'll like. And it's a very groundbreaking film in its genre field. exactly yeah. so i think that's that's a perfect thing for us to watch because it'll be something that i don't think that i'm gonna like because i've seen a bit of it mm-hmm. and i guarantee it's going to be too slow it will not be scary and but you can appreciate it for what it was mm-hmm. I, I i bet that'll be fun well it, it deals with some very interesting issues and i think this may be and call out to uh my cousin and friend mr christopher bartlett bart lyle um he uh, and I met Mr. Romero um, at the same time during a um, film convention. And so I, I know that he is a big fan um, of Mr. Romero. So he may be an excellent co-host for Maybe that. Should this be our Halloween, big Halloween episode? It could be one of them. I think we should have multiple. Agreed. Agreed. Shoot for the moon. Yes. Let's at least have four or five okay. or ten. So was that your trivia, the hand thing, or do you want to produce another before I go on to I took up one? so much time with that, I think it's your turn. <laughs> so uh, none of the three main actors were first picks. They were not Spielberg's first picks for them. Interesting. Um, the producer's first choice uh, was Robert Duvall and Charlton Heston. Oh, I did know about Charlton Heston. And uh, they wanted Brody to be played by Lee Marvin, um, and uh, Sterling Hayden playing the counterpart for that. Uh, and Jeff Bridges was also considered. <gasps> Why on earth did they pass on Jeff Bridges? Um, I think there was a filming confliction that resulted in none of the top picks being picked. Uh, there, there was either Charlton Heston wanted too much money. Or... I know why Charlton Heston wasn't picked. Mm-hmm. But I can reveal that after you continue. Well, uh, I think it... Uh, from what I read, there was either uh, filming issues, uh, health issues, or um, they they just wouldn't have been paid what they wanted. So, yeah. Well, maybe. I hope oh, that would have been so cool if Jeff Bridges had been in it. But I know why Charlton Heston wasn't picked for it. And it, it was the case, I think, that Stevie Spielberg did, did want him. But he ultimately passed on Charlton Heston because he said that in his all of his other movies, he's always the hero mm-hmm. and he always conquers evil. Mm-hmm. And so if the viewers saw Charlton Heston, they would never really fear the shark because he they knew that he would come out on top in the end. That's fascinating. So he chose not to do Charlton Heston for that reason. See, you got more information than I did. That's, that's wonderful. And I didn't write that down. I'm just remembering that. Um, I I was wading through trivia for like two hours, literally. There is so much trivia for this film. Yeah, it, it's it's really fantastic. There's a lot of lore and myths and information, and it's just uh, so Ooh, much fun. Can I talk about some lore and myths? 
Yeah, please do. Um, I don't know. Did I write this down? I think. No, I. Dang it, I didn't. Anyway, this is another one just from my brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, the shooting star that you see. Mm-hmm. Everybody on the, the planet Earth seems to think that that was real. Like it was a real shooting star. I, it really, I don't think it was. <laughs> you couldn't find uh, confirming or denying information? I found some people that were denying it. Some uh, like film people. Some deniers. Yeah, and they, they, they slow it down and, and, and it doesn't seem to move with the rest of the frame of the image. Mm-hmm. Um, and just looking at it, like on a high resolution 4K screen, it looks like a, an effect. It does. It doesn't look real. Hmm. I, so I don't know. That's that's not confirming that it is not real. It really didn't look real. Oh. Well, we'll have to to look into that a bit to yeah. see to see what we have. Uh, what is your next trivia? I, or was that your trivia? You can go again. I still haven't done my first trivia. That's on my page. <laughs> um. So uh, the shark was named Bruce. Um. He was named after Spielberg's lawyer Bruce Raymer. Mm-hmm. Um, Spielberg also called the shark the great white turd uh, because he was uh, frustrated by all the shark (laughs) malfunctions that were happening. Of the three sharks, two were just uh, kaput. They were inoperable. Um, Also, uh, that is how in Disney's Finding Nemo, the shark was named Bruce. It was an homage. Ah, yeah, I heard that. Um, But... I had the the great white turret. I was hoping you didn't get that. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know why the uh, the sharks didn't work? Uh, I think some of them it was water damage. Um, so the the prevailing myth was that they had never tested them in water before trying them out in the movie for the movie. Mm-hmm. But the fact is they did. They tried them out in big tanks at the studio, but that was clean fresh water. And so when they put it in salt water, the salt played havoc with the mechanics. You know, that makes sense. I, I know that salt water can do a lot of damage very rapidly to to a lot of uh, machinery. Yeah. So they had done testing. They weren't completely, you know, they just irresponsible. did pool water. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, can I get to my first written trivia? Please do. Uh, oh, so according to Carl Gottlieb. Uh-huh. I hope I'm pronouncing that name correctly. Sounds good. Uh, the line, you're going to need a bigger boat, was not scripted, but was ad-libbed. And I, that's crazy because that's such a memorable line. So I have more information on that. Oh. So um, the sound and film, uh, the sound and visual crew mm. uh, driving supplies out into the open water because Jaws is actually, I think, the first film that was filmed in real ocean water. New Jersey. Yep. Um. And uh, the film crew were carrying all the supplies were in a relatively small boat and they were worried about it sinking. Mm-hmm. So the crew would make the joke, we're going to need a bigger boat. Oh, He overheard it and said it as an ad lib. Oh, very cool. That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. There was also an incident where the boat was sinking and uh, Stevie Spielberg had a, a bullhorn. He was like, save the actors, save them. Please. And then the sound guy, he was holding up the equipment and he said, fuck the actors, save the sound department. (laughs) I I heard that one too. And that just, it delights me. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) Anywho. Um, So, um, trick of the lens. Um, Mm -hmm. To add authenticity to the scene where Hooper goes into the underwater shark cage, um, a second unit actually shot footage of real sharks um, off the coast of Australia. To make the sharks appear bigger, the filmmakers used a shrunken shark cage 
Um, and they used a stunt double for Hooper, who is actually a four foot nine um, jockey uh, in a wetsuit. So, because you can't see Hooper's face. Interesting. Hooper was also supposed to die in this scene, um, but Spielberg didn't want to lose the visuals of the sharks attacking the cage, so he let Hooper live. So he didn't want to have Jaws kill that scientist. He he wanted to originally have him die in that scene. Right. But that would mean he would lose the footage because oh they would have to edit to make him die in that scene. So they couldn't have the footage of the shark kind of attacking and then mm-hmm. not successfully getting in. Mm-hmm. And then after that, attacking successfully? Yeah, it's uh, the the way the film was set up, it just it it wouldn't have worked. So he decided uh. it was a state of execution because it was so beautifully shot. Interesting. That's that's pretty interesting. It seems like a movie like this would be really tight. Mm-hmm. And so like the writing would be absolute by the time they start filming and they wouldn't make big changes like that. Mm-hmm. But I guess he's one to, you know. It also explains why they were so woefully over budget. <laughs> well, I know that it took a long time for them to finish. Yeah. They were way over schedule. Yeah. So uh, go on with your next fact tweet. So uh, Robert Shaw and Richard Dreyfus apparently really didn't like each other. So mm. much of what was... What? You're looking <laughs> at me in an odd way? No, no. Okay. I'm going to play a little uh, point to counterpoint with you. Okay, good. So anyway, uh, anyway, much of that seemed to stem from the fact that uh, Robert Shaw had a really bad drinking problem and was actually drinking between takes and was completely, for the, the monologue near the end mm-hmm. when he's drunk in the movie, he filmed that once actually really drunk mm-hmm. and they couldn't use any of the film because he was just slurring his words and it was terrible. So I guess fearing for his job, he called up uh, Stevie Spielbs. Uh, in the middle of the night and was like, I need another try at this. Give me another shot. So he did it. They filmed again the next day and it was perfect. He did it all in one take. Hmm. So, what, so what, what's your rebuttal? Richard Dreyfus um, says that the rumors about them uh, feuding were not exactly true. Um, he said that um, Robert Shaw is a very serious actor. He, you know, he's an actor of the stage um, and he, amounts the um the feud rumors to one instance where uh robert shaw was drunk tried to have try to beckon him out onto the crow's nest of the ship mm-hmm. threw uh dreyfus's drink overboard and then hit him in the face with a water hose oh yeah and he said that i only lost my sense of humor once during filming but um dreyfus and shaw are, are friends. He said that they're friends. So he so said, this just got blown out of proportion a little bit. It did. They, they did pick on each other a lot and there was tension during the scenes, but because uh, Robert Shaw is such a, um, devote actor, most likely when he was in his role, some of those barbs were sticking because those characters did not have a lot of respect for each other. Right. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, it came, their chemistry or anti-chemistry was, Came out really well on screen, I thought. Oh yes, the, some of my favorite scenes are just. I would watch the 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 movie that was just Dreyfus and Shaw. Can I reveal to you something? Please. At this point, at this juncture. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I should. Maybe this should be for the end. Okay. Whatever you think is best. I didn't really like the movie until they got on the boat. <laughs> well, and then it gets really fast. Yeah. I mean, I, it's harsh. It's not mm-hmm. that I didn't like the movie. It's it's the movie felt okay to me. Mm-hmm. It was like, all right, 
yeah, some person died and a little puppy and people being dumb going out on a boat, too many people. <laughs> this one flipped over. Oh no, little boy's getting eaten up on a little floaty raft. Oh, they said don't don't swim, but people are doing it anyway. Oh, there's a shark. Oh, though they're just kids playing, but there's a shark over there. Oh, oh boy. Oh boysies. Oh jeez. <laughs> oh jeez. And then the thing happens with the and then they go on the orca boat. Mm-hmm. And then I think that was beautiful. I mean that that was really tight because it was just the three characters. I'm do I'm going I'm jumping the shark here. <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so that's what I had. What what's your next thing? Okay. Um there is actually three sharks that were built, but we discussed that um they cost a hundred and fifty thousand dollars each. Oh man. I got a different figure. Oh. The figure that I got was uh, I think it was two fifty uh thousand. It may uh maybe after repairs or something, but the initial build. Yeah, no, uh, no, no. I'm just getting different figures. People, someone's lying out there. Yep, and we're buying it. A bunch of. Uh, so peeps. did you know that Brody's dog in the movie was actually Shakespeare? Shakespeare, although some people might call him the modern. No, <laughs> Steven Spielberg's <laughs> Brody's dog in the movie was actually Steven Spielberg's dog, Elmer. The cocker spaniel. I don't know. <laughs> Fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> but his uh, name was really Elma. I like it. Yeah. I like it's it. It's a nice little tidbit. <laughs> Take that home with you. Um, so the original budget of the film was $4 million, and it ended up costing $9 million to, to make. So this could have really made or broke Spielberg because, yeah. Yeah. He hadn't done a lot before this. <laughs> what, well, was uh, was Schindler's Piccadilly List before this? No, Schindler's List was after. Um, what was his first movie, Stevie Spielberg? I am pulling that up now. You always ask me questions that I realize I should have looked up but didn't. See, you're supposed to be the cinema expert. I think you so, lose a point every time sh- you, you can't answer a question. Schindler's Googling. List came out in 93, so, okay, so that's very after. far away. Yeah. After. <laughs> well, what was Stevie's first movie? I, am I call him Stevie, by the way. We're really tight. Yeah, they're good friends. This is this is dead air on a radio program. I'm just gonna fill the void by. So he had done some TV um, beforehand. His first movie movie was The Sugarland Express in 1974. Jaws was the next one, and then he hit the blockbuster circuit and did Close Encounters of the Third Kind in 77. And then I think we all are amazed um, about his commercial success with um, the Indiana Jones franchise with Raiders of the Lost Ark debuting in 1981. Uh, Didn't he also direct one of the Star Wars movies? Um, So Spielberg and Lucas are actually very good friends. Yes, I knew this. Oh, I've got another tidbit that I didn't write down, but uh, George Lucas got his head stuck in one of the shark's mouths. Yeah, it was a prank gone wrong. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Oh, uh, we've got and a we've got a cat attacking. I don't know if you overheard her meow into the microphone. She has a very muted meow. Um. <laughs> it's kind of picked up. Her name's Clara. Yes, little Clara. She is a rescue um, from Cats R Us in Maryland. Um, when my first cat Suki died at the age of twenty-one. I wanted to find a cat that was the opposite. Suki was a little three-pound miniature Persian, also a rescue. Um, and then 
we found Clara, who was listed as a Maine Coon. Um, little did I know she had suffered some trauma, so her growth was stunted quite a bit, and she has some dietary issues. But um, So she's long but short <laughs> and also very skinny. <laughs> uh, that was an easy joke to make there, but I won't do it because I'm better than that. But I think you all know. <laughs> you all know. Anyway, so back to Jaws. Jaws. Uh, gosh dang it. So, um, what's so great about the year 1975? Nothing really, but I'll tell you another cute tidbit before we move on. <laughs> well, I'll just take my, uh, my information and go right off. <laughs> exactly. Fly a kite for all I care. So, uh, but it is, before we leave the, the trivia section, let me tell you this. A little cute little story. <clears throat> so, several decades after the release of Jaws, uh, Lee Fierro walked into a seafood restaurant and noticed that the menu had an Alex Kintner sandwich. She commented that she had played his mother so many years ago, and the owner of the restaurant ran out to meet her, and he was none other than Jeffrey. Wow. Yep, 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 yep. Isn't that adorable? I like that. A little reunion story. And they hadn't seen each other. Um, they hadn't seen each other since the original shoot and then they just kind of meet in a restaurant randomly like that. That's adorable. Yeah. I like that story. It's very sweet. <laughs> also, my last thing is Johnny Williams, uh, won his Oscar and he was playing at the Oscars. He was conducting the orchestra. So he had to run up from the pit to accept <laughs> and then run back down to continue playing um, or conducting. Spielberg is also quoted saying that he believes the film would not have been a success or as scary without the music. He said that that music, he originally didn't like it, uh, but then when he heard it paired with the video, he knew he had something. Well, yeah, and I, I think that's probably true for any any uh, scary movie, but he was kind of devi- de- defining the genre at that time, so mm-hmm. it, it was more of a revelation. But I will say that I appreciated, there were some moments that were uh, intended to be scary that didn't use music, mm-hmm. and I liked that. There are some, yeah, some parts that are extremely intense that yeah. are audioless, except for the the natural noises. Yeah, and I, I I would debate. I'm curious what you think. We can be out of here, actually. I'll save it. I'll save what I have got to say until later. Mm-hmm. What what the heck happened this this year? So in 1975, 1975 SNL premiered. Oh wow, that's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, the Vietnam War ended. It's pretty good. Well, here, let me hit you with what. Let's let's go back and forth. Apple Records closed down that year. Really? Oh, yeah. Hmm. Margaret Thatcher is the first woman elected to lead Britain's Conservative Party. That's pretty fancy. You got better facts. Uh, Three people died in a tornado that struck uh, Omaha, Nebraska. Hmm. Apollo and uh, Soyuz spacecraft take off um, for the U.S.-Soviet link up in space. 500 drown when two riverboats collide and sink in China's West River. We sound like really depressing newscasters. <laughs> well, you, you're bringing the optimistic news, and I'm bringing just the people died in places. Well, that's all the information I have. Well, I've got also that all political parties are forbidden in Bangladesh. That's interesting. Yep. And then on a happier note, there's an Italian film, Seven Beauties, that was directed by Lena... Wurzmuller, uh, starring uh, Giancarlo Giannini, 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 Giancarlo Giannini, 
and Shirley <laughs> Stoller. It released. It was the first film directed by a woman to be nominated. <laughs> I can speak. I know how to do that. Nominic. Nominicinated. <laughs> I've turned Russian. Oh boy! It was the first film directed by a woman to be nominated for an Academy Award. Mm. Italian. Italian. Bravo. See, we couldn't even bring in an American woman. We couldn't have that. No. We had to t- beta test it. Beta had to beta test giving Italian women awards. Beta test. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then just, I have a general shark fact. Uh-huh. Um, so one of the things about this movie is that it did a lot of detrimental harm to sharks and um, people's, I, I don't want to call it irrational, mm-hmm. wow. it, but it contributed to a lot of fear of the water and sharks in general. Um on average, there are only 16 shark attacks per year um, in the United States um, and only one fatality every two years due to shark attacks. They actually don't like people taste. Uh, that is true, um, though I'd like to see the statistics of the number of people per year that go in water that has sharks and how many people are bitten by sharks. Because hmm. that ratio may be higher than we would otherwise think. Interesting. Well, that I don't, it, that's a very specific statistics. So, yeah. Like you're talking about like professional divers, that kind of thing. No, no. I mean, like if, if there's a beach that ha- is known to sometimes have sharks mm-hmm. around and people go in that water, I'd like to know the, the number of people per year that go in that beach versus how many people get are bitten. So, I do know that a lot of public beaches um, will, if there's known shark issues mm-hmm. they'll put out warnings or cautions about it um as for willfully ignoring that and doing it anyway mm-hmm. I, I i couldn't say but oh cat cat attack um she's coming to me <laughs> to attack me hello clara and uh i will say that uh i remember i went to block island rhode island in my preteen years mm-hmm. um there is a bridge very similar to the bridge in jaws the little narrow bridge that connected the the main ocean to the tide pool area oh, okay um and kids would jump off of that into the water and there was warnings about if you are a female and um on your menstrual cycle not to do that uh because the blood could oh could and draw in other shark creatures yeah uh, i did jump off that bridge um because i love water and <laughs> And uh, other people were doing it, and I was safe at the time because, you know, I was a preteen. Uh, but I, I will say that one of my friends shouted shark as I did it, and I about died. <laughs> Are there rules against doing that? I mean, that's kind of like shouting bomb in a crowded I mean, there wasn't, airport. there wasn't enough people there to warrant, like, a panic. Oh, okay. But So that, that was my little Block Island, Rhode Island shark fix. Yeah, I mean, there were several moments... And I'm going to get to it in my timestamps mm-hmm. that the the shark seemed to put on boxing gloves and like be punching the ship. <laughs> it just seemed really odd. Like oh. he was just it was more than just being aggressive. It's it was clear that he Jean-Claude didn't like Van these shark. <laughs> he didn't like these people and he was just going to beat up their ship so that he could get at them. There is an implied intelligence and retribution level associated with this shark. Yeah. And yeah, the intelligence of being able to snap the cord mm-hmm. and all. Well, He's trying to chew through the cords. <laughs> right. so, so anyway, is, uh, do you have any more before we get into the movie analysis? You know what? 
Let's get right into it. All right. Act five, movie analysis. So the uh, first one I've got is at minute mark 2345. Mm-hmm. So let's see if these uh, line up. So um, I'm just going to do a lead in while you get to that minute mark mm-hmm. where um, I think the opening of this movie was wonderful. The dark water, the fear, and this is, we don't actually see the shark. We don't see the shark at least into uh, an hour into the film. Yes. And, and I, well, on that note, you say tension and fear. And no doubt it inspired that at the time. If Have you rewatched it recently? I watched it this morning. I was wondering if that's why you wanted to start late. Uh, no, I wanted to start late because um, the the plan of bringing the dog into bed, I realized I wasn't going to get Sleep a well. good... Yeah. yeah. So I wanted to have some coffee time. Uh, coffee talk. Did you actually think it was scary? Yeah. I'm not saying good. I'm not saying, did you think it was a good movie? I'm saying, did you actually... Does it actually make you tense and scared? There are scenes like that one in the beginning where she's in the dark water and being dragged like that. Yeah, that is absolutely frightening. I still will not get into um, dark water like because of that. Oh, no doubt. I mean, I've, I've always had the fear of getting in dark water that you can't see the bottom. Ugh. That freaks me out. Oh, yeah. I, I used to be much braver. Like um, my parents um, and I would sail um, on a sailboat in Annapolis um, and we in this area have brackish water so it's muddy and murky and i used to be fine jumping off the side of the boat into the water and swimming around but i would always psych myself out i would be fine and then suddenly i would not be fine because i'd be like what if there was a shark it's a little saltier than normal today <laughs> um we did have a great white in um, baltimore harbor once did we really mm-hmm. what did we do with it oh i think it swam back out it, it didn't get <laughs> shot no, it's it wasn't in a well. One people don't swim in Baltimore Harbor, <laughs> the inner harbor of Baltimore. No, that's true. But everyone's got guns. Everyone's got guns. This is America, and that's Baltimore. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> yes, the the opening scene was scary to me, even now. It, I gotta admit it. It, it didn't yeah. it didn't do anything at all to me. Like Would I, it I help th- you to know that the actress actually started. Uh, uh, drowning a little bit, like water got into her lungs. Oh, yeah, that helps. <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. Uh, it 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 looked super fake to me. It looked like she was on a rig underneath that was just kind of sw- swinging her back and forth. Mm-hmm. It looked like she was having fun. Okay. I don't well, know. It it didn't it mo- didn't move me at all. Okay. Maybe it would have uh, affected you differently had you seen it when you were younger. Absolutely. Yeah. When I was younger, or before uh, movies had done. Better effects, and or maybe not better effects, because these are all practical, and I think practical effects generally look better Much than better. CG effects. Yeah, but um, movies have also mastered just like The Conjuring. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say The Conjuring is a better movie than Jaws, but it gives me anxiety throughout the the whole movie just because of how it's filmed, what they do with the music and stuff. We uh, all movies now are standing on the shoulders of giants. So, and, and that happens every five or so years, we just get a new crop of people that are making movies that have seen all the other movies so they can do it a little bit better, mm-hmm. or at least the best of them can do it a little bit better. And well, maybe not quote unquote better, but they can achieve an effect that they're after such mm-hmm. as anxiety or jump scares or whatever else. And I think that 
if I had seen it before, I'd seen all these new movies. Mm-hmm. I would have been freaked out. But I, uh. So, and I will say this could contribute to the the rose tinted remembrance I had. I'm yeah. already prepped and primed myself to be anxious in that moment. You were going in blind and new. Yeah, I, I saw a drunk dude who was falling over himself. Yeah, which was, it was goofy and broad and kind of weird. And then was he drunk, so drunk before the sun even set that he could not get up? He like went to the, the edge of the, the water and just fell down. He's like, I can't get up or something. So I will say that the sun is very dehydrating. Had he been partying all afternoon leading um, up to that, it could have been a very long day. Yeah, fair enough. We don't know. Fair enough. Hey, I'll concede that. Have you ever been to a beach? Lots of drunk people. <laughs> True enough. Yeah. Um, anyway, so that didn't... I, there was one scene at the beginning. So before they get on the boat, I wasn't scared by anything. One scene gave me anxiety. And that was... The, I've got it. Uh, it's my second clip. Oh, okay. So l- let's get into your first clip. Okay. I'm sorry. I cut you off early. So I didn't mean right. to. I'm going to put my the thing up to your microphone. Mm-hmm. So hit play if you would. So the wifey knew that they were out there on the water. This is after everyone knows there's a shark out there. He's the chief of police who's the most upset about this. His wife is like, ah, it's fine. They can be there. How do you know that? I mean, he's on a tiny little boat in the water. <laughs> and then he's just like, ah, all right. She doesn't mind. I don't mind either. It's his birthday tomorrow, so he can die before his birthday. Yeah, I mean, everyone should be so lucky. To die right before their birthday? <laughs> Good parenting. <laughs> I just thought it was so weird. So the wife allows the son to get into a tiny shark-infested water boat. Uh, the dad yells at son to get out. Wife says it's his birthday soon. Dad's now comfortable with dying. his son dying before his birthday. That just seems odd. I think it's more he doesn't want to be the reason his son is now scared of water. Because he's scared of water in the ocean and islands and things. All right. So this, the timestamps are a little bit off because the trailer at the beginning of the movie is different. So this scene right here. I don't know if I've got it exactly right here. Play this if you would. So this is the first scene in the movie and it's about 26 minutes in, 27 minutes in. So they've got a little chain that they hooked to some bait. Jaws ripped off half the dock here. And one of the dudes goes surfing on that part of the dock. He's having some fun. And uh, I thought it was silly that you can see that the shark then turns around. He like, he's got meat in his mouth and a hook presumably, but the hook didn't affect him. Uh, but he's like, ah, that's not good enough. I want this dude also. So he turns around, but since you can't see the shark here and you just see the floating thing, I thought that was really effective. They do that again with the barrels at the end, but him swimming back right here and is so exhausted. Well, he is a out of shape gentleman, older, uh, one thing that I find funny is when he's calling him to the shore, 
It sounds like he's calling a dog. Yeah, come on, boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, but he can't. He's like scraping at the, there's a, like a diagonal piece that he's trying to climb up and it's wet and he's tired and stuff. I thought that was really well done. Oh, yeah. And it, like it gave me anxiety. I'm like, come on, get up, get up, get up. Especially the foot, like just kind of dangling in and out of the water. Yeah, yeah. But um, And I like that it wasn't dark mm-hmm. or it wasn't night completely, but it was kind of twilight. I like that lighting. It was... So you can kind of see what's going on, but it's dark enough where it just kind of feels a bit spooky. It was, and, I thought it was a good scene. And on a bigger <laughs> element, it also shows the misinformation that those two fishermen had that they thought that they could just easily shore grab a shark. Like well, I that. mean, they, it worked, but the dock was not really well made. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the dock... Termite damage. The dock just crumbled immediately. Yeah. <laughs> this is why we don't make our docks out of straw. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not again. <laughs> This has been a message from your uh, your dock builders of Amity. <laughs> exactly. Well, it's just yeah. Anyway, they, they they did successfully hook the shark, mm-hmm. the the guy. Unless there's another one, another shark out there that's quite vengeful. amorous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I mean, they they did their job well, and they should have been congratulated for it. But those dock makers, god damn it, they're the real villains. Yeah, indeed, indeed, indeed. <laughs> uh, so, do you have anything? Uh, I've got my next one at minute 30, 22. My first uh, clip that I would like to start at is minute 36, 43. So go ahead and do your next one. All right. So 30, 22. Oh, okay. So it was the introduction of uh, Beanie, Beanie Man. <laughs> Mr. Beanie Dreyfus. Be- Beanie Dreyfus. <laughs> Dreyfus. Oh, wait, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> This guy right here, this was actually the clip before. <laughs> I had two clips kind of back to back. So this is the first one. It's this guy. Just his rambling makes me giggle. I had to watch it three times to hear what he was saying, like fully, because I kept giggling midway through. Just he, he doesn't seem to end one sentence. <laughs> it started before that too. He was just like yammering. Oh, those guys are gonna want their dead brain down, Anyway, so pause it and uh, go to uh, 30, 32 and a half. What uh, it's gonna be different because the trailer. Uh, but it's the introduction of Beanie Man. Well, not quite the introduction, but it's the autopsy scene with Beanie Man. My thought on that is he just doesn't seem very professional. or Asurus Glaucus. Now, the enormous amount of tissue loss prevents any detailed analysis. However, the attacking squalus must be considerably larger than any normal squalus found in these waters. Didn't you get out of <laughs> He's like grabbing waters? his glasses off. Well, he can't handle it. a boat accident. It wasn't any propeller. It wasn't any coral reef. And it wasn't Jack the Ripper. <laughs> Slashing his face. He just can't handle it. It was a shark. All right, give it a pause if you would. So why isn't this a shark? I know, or, or I know, why is it a shark? I know it wasn't a boat and that it was a shark because I'm the viewer and I've got more information than he does. Mm-hmm. Why is he saying that? They, they didn't really go into it. I mean, I, I think the, the contusions would not be synonymous with uh, a propeller. Uh, that would have been nice for him to say. 
Maybe he didn't know about contusions. <laughs> Maybe. He said that the bone was denuded. He said a bunch of things like about what he was seeing, mm-hmm. but he didn't say why it was inconsistent with a boat propeller. Mm-hmm. That's true. And yeah, he just kind of like, nope, shark. Yeah. And like, I love sharks. He's like, this movie's I... about sharks. Come on, guys. It's a shark. <laughs> I love sharks. I really <laughs> love sharks. <laughs> Um, anyway, so the next one I've got is at 48, so you can go do yours next. Okay. Um, so in the film, um, a, there is a child that is murdered at the beach. Um, I am bringing us up to where the mom is confronting Chief Brody. Oh, okay. So is this the slap? The slap heard around the world. Yes. Apparently it was a real slap. Apparently she didn't know how to fake slap. So she actually legitimately slapped him hard 11 times in a row. Also, uh, can we talk about the mayor's outfits? Because <laughs> they, they bother it, me so much. Is it beachy? Is it supposed to be like beach professional? Beachy, Sears sucker, kind of just. I, I really uh, like the idea of beach professional. Beach professional. Yeah. There are professional beachers. I mean. Yeah, but are they wearing beach professional? Done up tie. I guess I mean, like it feels like it'd be hot, uncomfortable, and unfashionable all at the same time. <laughs> that's maybe that's what he's going for. He likes that look. Oh, here it is. About to happen. That's me. I mean, that's a slap. She got him in the neck and the jaw. I just found out that a girl got killed here last week. And you knew it. You knew there was a shark out there. You knew it was dangerous. But you let people go swimming anyway. You knew all those things. Still, my boy is dead now. There's nothing you can do about it. My boy is dead. I wanted you to know that. Oh, that was a good scene. Well acted. I'm sorry, Martin. She's wrong. <laughs> she's wrong, but I'm not going to stick up for you. So that, that last line, um, she's wrong. No, she's not. I just, I love that line because Brody... It was noble. It's noble. He's also not casting blame on the mayor. He's not trying to push it elsewhere he should have yeah but because it it was not his fault but by telling her that is that going to change anything oh i'm not saying he should have been like yeah but it wasn't me it was this guy yeah he killed your son (laughs) see ya but um just you know he's a father and just i you can see very visibly the guilt on his face and i think that that was a very good acted scene 
Oh, I agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very well acted. Um, so what are we supposed to think about Mr. Mayor, other than his fashion choices? So I think there's a lot of uh, issues with his mayoral style because he's more concerned about the loss of the profit on this very traveled sure. weekend yeah. of, you know, I think Fourth of July weekend is the setup. And um, but do you do you think that he's he's concerned about the money? But do you think he's concerned about the money because of how it will affect the town long term if they don't have all this revenue? Like it's going to be infrastructure failing, mm-hmm. so it'll be bad for more people in the long run if they shut down. And even him if politically, a, yeah. even if a couple of people die. But I was going to say, do you think he cares more about the people suffering potentially? Or do you think he just cares about lining his pockets? Por qué no los dos? Why not both? <laughs> like, it's uh, Honestly, I think he's worried about the finances overall for the rest of the year. He calls it a summer town. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they are very dependent on the tourism industry. They, they call them, I think, beach girls or beach boys. You know, the mm-hmm. ones that come just for the beach during right. the summertime. Right. Um, without that revenue, the town does hurt. Um, so, so I guess essentially my question is, do you think he's wholly evil or, you know, venal, just wanting money or for himself? Like he's worried about himself and his position, or do you think he's worried about the town? I think that there is a selfishness to his actions that denote, um, he's worried about himself until he sees the the trampoline um, in in one of the later scenes when he sees the real bad impact that it had when the people got in the water. I have it time time stamped. Oh uh, yeah, he yeah. also when his kid was in the water or something like that. That's when I think it hit him, right? He well, uh, it's the scene where uh, Brody's kid uh, goes into shock in the water when one of the um, sail instructors gets his leg bitten off. Um, oh, so that's, I was actually going to ask about that. Why did he, why did the kid faint? I think it was just shock. It just seeing someone torn to smithereens in front of your eyes at a very young age. I imagine that that has a very real traumatic and just physically not being able to force yourself to move because you're in that state of shock. It'd be a really specific study, Mm -hmm. but I'd like a study of children who have seen people dismembered and, and... (laughs) I would not, because that is a horrible thing. I don't want to see that study. Look, this is science. We've got all types of strange things we've got to test. So let's just get some people, dismember them in front of children, and see which one of them's faint. See how many faint. i just wondering. I feel like maybe they would visit them in 20 years and see (laughs) what kind of PTSD they develop. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we can study PTSD. Look, so much science can happen. And it was then that Allison disbanded the podcast. (laughs) No, it's, you know, I, so he sends one of his friends, his friend's wife and their, uh, I think it's three little girls into the water Mm -hmm. because people aren't swimming. Yeah. Um, so I, I thought that was, he went up to like the old dude and was like, I don't know who the old dude was. I guess mm -hmm. maybe some sort of friend. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We, we don't know. And he was like, get in the water. Yeah, uh, so th- I actually have that as my next minute mark. Oh, okay, let's, yeah, go, yeah, so let's yeah. go there. <laughs> um, but you you have one, I think, beforehand, because you said 40-something. 48-25. Oh, okay. It, we may have one that lines up, um, because I have one 
around that time mark where I'm talking about Hooper getting into the water. Yes. So my, yeah, the 4825 one is the scene where, um, beanie, beanie man, uh, needs to jump off instead of waiting for it to be towed back. Mm-hmm. He's got to jump off and look at it now in, yeah. in the dark where he cannot see much. Mm-hmm. He needed to do that before towing it back. He yeah. just needed to. Because he, just, he couldn't wait. Yes. Because it would have dissolved. Or they could have lost pieces. He wanted to get evidence that matched with his theory. Uh-huh. Okay. So my fun fact about this is listen to his breathing before he gets into the water. Oh, okay. Have we seen this character before? Ben Gardner? What happened? Not that I'm aware of. We don't. So I know that this was a reshoot. Wait a minute. Why don't we just tow it all in? We will, we will. I just gotta check something out. Hit the lights for me. So apparently the him seeing the head in a in a second was a reshoot. They had te- they showed it to test audiences and the the big scare wasn't here. It was later. And he was like, you know what? I want to go for the big scare earlier. So they reshot the head coming out. Mm. So listen to his breathing here. Let's tow it in. Don't worry, Martin. Nothing's going to happen. Because I know. I just know. Nothing's going to happen. What am I supposed to do while you're gone? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Don't touch any of the equipment. Yeah, he does sound exhausted. I'll be back in two minutes. So my theory, um, this is actually, a uh, it's like a hyperventilation technique uh, that swimmers use. Yeah. Um, when I was on swim team, our coach would teach us to do this because when you're in that kind of hyperventilated state um, and you go in to dive, it actually allows you to hold your breath longer. Mm-hmm. And if you notice when he's diving here, he doesn't have any equipment. So what I know about losing consciousness when you're holding your breath, mm-hmm. I've learned recently, is not because it's a lack of oxygen. It's because of a buildup of CO2. So maybe hyperventilating in some way helps prevent that or normalizes your blood to that. I, I don't know. I don't so, and I don't know a lot about the science either um, of why it works or why we were taught that, but it does allow you to propel yourself further in water without coming up for that first gasp of air. Once you get yeah. that first gasp, it's all over. You need air. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> um, so I just, I found it interesting. I had never picked up on it before that he's doing that kind of labored, I, I intentional breathing. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I wonder if that was a touch from him or if. Stevie Spielbs told them to do it. Or maybe a, a diver expert that they brought in yeah, or yeah. something. And maybe it was ADR later. We, we could rewind it actually a couple seconds and see if it, his mouth matches up with his words. Don't worry, Martin. Nothing's going to happen. What am I supposed to do while you're gone? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Don't touch any of the equipment. Yeah, his mouth is definitely opening for the breaths. It was a good touch. Yeah. It's a really good touch. 
Now, I, again, don't know if that's intended or what, but it seems like it is. It seems like it would be. There's no reason for him to be out of breath unless he had just done a take. But and his it, hair was dry, so they must have had time to dry his hair between takes. And it looks intentional. Right before he jumps in, he does the same. <sighs> yeah. And in fact, I bet, I doubt he actually jumped in on that take. Mm. I bet they just cut to a different time when he was doing a, the diving uh, take. So, yeah, there's no reason to have him to have been out of breath, so I bet that was intentional. We are getting nervous as the water is dark, and with a minimal flashlight light, we are seeing the carnage from right. Jaws. He gets a tooth, and he's got butterfingers. He was eating some popcorn before this. Maybe that's what Jaws wanted. Popcorn. <laughs> he smells the popcorn on his fingers. Well, Jaws doesn't even attack him here. It's this fella's head. Yeah. I think that's your rambly Joe. Sorry, I want to see his head again. I want to stare at his eyeball. <laughs> you looking at my eye? So uh, his left eye on our right side had spaghetti coming out of it. Yeah, it, it looks like uh, fibers or sinew of some sort. Yeah, well, you're a medical person. Well, at least in the medical field. Mm -hmm. Tell me, with your knowledge of the anatomy of the human eye, mm -hmm. where does it keep the spaghetti? That would be in the uh, rigatoni deposit. The, 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 <laughs> the well-known rigatoni deposit of the eyeball? Yeah, you don't have one? Well, I've never popped mine out to have a look. It's uh, part of the uh, marinaral system. Right, right, right. Is there some sort of like garlic clove inside? <laughs> Probably for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's where my tears come from, the, the garlic the clove. The garlicky tears. <laughs> okay, yeah, so... so. So, uh, <laughs> so do you have any thoughts on that? Other, like, I had my uh, observation that that was a reshoot because he wanted to scare earlier on. He said that he realized that a horror movie could only have one major scare because after that, the audience would have their backup and mm -hmm. they would be expecting everything to be scary. So he wanted to think very carefully where the first major scare was and it wasn't originally here. Like if this scene just wasn't in there mm -hmm. or him finding the, the head wasn't in there. Um, so he reshot because he wanted the, the first major scare to be earlier on. So I personally did not find the severed head to be quite scary. I thought that was the best jump scare. It was the best. Mm. In my opinion. So uh, I guess tense flinching and jump scares are two different things. So yes, of the jump scares, that was the best jump scare. Okay, fair enough. So what, what's your distinguishing scene that is not quite a jump scare, but more of a tense twitch or whatever you said? Well, uh, that comes at uh, our uh, mark one minute three. Oh, okay. okay. Um, and I, I would like to let that moment happen. Indeed. Um, so since we already kind of discussed it, uh, I'm not going to play the scene where... Um, the beachgoers go into the water to try to lure everyone else out. But I will say that I wouldn't have done it. If the mayor told me to bring my family into water I knew was dangerous, I would give him a flying finger. Indeed. Like, where you get in there. Where's your swim chunks? <laughs> Do they not match your ugly suit? No, I bet his suit is waterproof. He can go in and out. He is Aquaman. <laughs> Aqua suit man. <laughs> okay. So um, my next minute is uh, our 
uh, hour mark, three minutes. Okay, so I've got one slightly before that. It's not really a scene or anything to talk about. It's just, it's hour, uh, no minute, and second, 16. That's probably not going to be quite that, so probably an hour and one minute. It's a, a woman screams, and I think I've heard that scream before. I'm thinking maybe they reused the scream coming up. So all the people are trampling over that one. Oh, do you think it's like a uh, Wilhelm scream, but for women? Yeah, I don't know if it's as famous as the Wilhelm scream, but <laughs> I think I've heard that before. I think it's been reused. It, it sounds very much like a panicked woman screaming. Yeah, yeah. So I, maybe that was not the first time it was heard. Maybe it's been in other movies and it was reused here. I don't mm-hmm. know. I just have an intuition that I've heard that before. Don't know if I'm right. It's possible. And, you know, with, with this kind of scene, I imagine that they would have to do some um, sound editing in post. Yeah. Because there's so much noises happening. There's the helicopter Absolutely. going, um, people trampling and screaming. And can I also just say the um, social anxiety part of me hated the scene because it felt very real. People disregarding each other's lives, children, older people, like the trampling. It just, uh, it, I, very real tense feeling for me because that kind of mob crowd freak out is something that very much makes it hard for me to be in crowds. Yes. I mean, that doesn't really affect me in the, like on the beach, but in the water, mm-hmm. everybody trampling over each other. Cause I have actually had incidents of me being pushed under the water and mm-hmm. like unable to get up. I've and had I'm, that too. And yeah. I'm not even like my feet down, like my feet are up and my head's down. My like back is being crushed in a weird angle and stuff like that. It's such a horrible feeling not being able to control whether you're in the water or not. Yeah. <laughs> so funny story. My sister and I uh, were on a family vacation um, to Nags Head. Um, and my parents took her out on a raft. It got hit by a big wave and flipped her over. Um, and her head kind of got lodged in the sand a little bit. So she was stuck inverted. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, she had the worst vacation that year. Cause that was also the year that a Japanese beetle went into her ear Oh God! My my dad took her to an urgent care facility at the beach, and the doctor was so freaked out because there was a beetle in her ear that he couldn't get it. Uh huh. Because he's like you. so my dad actually had to get the tweezers to get it out. But yeah, my sister didn't know what was wrong. She knew that she was having trouble hearing, and every time she went to lie down, it would fall on its back and start freaking out inside her ear. Oh, so it couldn't get out. I thought maybe it had found a perfect home for itself or something. No, it kind of did because I think it went uh, in and down a little bit. So my dad had to get the beetle out. And to this day, my sister still sleeps with her fingers in her ear. Does she really? Yeah. I don't think that's good, though. I think that'll lead to a buildup of wax getting in. She doesn't seem to have any trouble. Well. At least we haven't talked about waxy buildup as a... uh, You you should do that. I'm a medical doctor, and I can tell you. Okay. Katie, how is your wax? How's your wax? Check, <laughs> check your wax. That's all I ask. Just check your wax. Anyway, but yeah, it's Kate, Katie, my sister, has the worst luck possibly ever. Anytime we travel anywhere, something happens to Katie. Like when we went to Italy, uh, we were jumping onto a train and the doors closed on her. And I swear, like, <laughs> there was, was she a, left behind. 
Well, she was, uh, my dad was on one side. My mom and I were on the inside of the train. My dad went to pull her back out because the doors were starting to close. If he hadn't done that, she would have been fine. <laughs> so the doors were closed. The train started moving. And there was this little nun on the inside of the train. I swear she parted the doors like Moses. Like, oh. just like, you know, prayed like, because everyone like just kind of saw she, her being trained. Did she like draw energy into herself? She went into the praying stance yeah. and huddled over <laughs> yeah. and the energy built up and the door opened. Secret monk. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, my sister, and then we were in the fashion district and she had a big grease line down the middle of her. <laughs> oh, poor Katie. Uh, poor Katie. So check your wax anyway. That, I mean, that's the moral of the story. Moral of the story, check your wax. Don't let it happen to you. Check your wax. <laughs> Okay, so uh, now we're coming up to my first, uh, or my next clip. Um, okay, so... Uh, he did it. It was him. <laughs> he told me to. So uh, leading up to this, uh, the kids had just panicked. Um, they had caused a scene with a little cardboard cutout. Uh, and we're now hearing a girl scream, there's a shark in the tide pool. There's a snake in my boot. So uh, Al, there's another tidbit for you since we're on the water here. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the waterfront. Dr. Stevie Spielbs, um mm-hmm. said that he wanted to film, or maybe he, this wasn't something he thought out beforehand, the formula anyway, but he said he filmed roughly 25% of the movie at sea level. Oh. So you felt like you were in the water looking at things happening and that you couldn't get out. That is fascinating. I did not know that. Yep, 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 yep. So we are about to see the shark kind of breach surface for the first time. Ah, yep, there it is. He doesn't want to look at it. Oop. Knocks into so, This is interesting, the shark knocking into the boat, because whales will do that. Killer whales will do that. Orcas. So this is the first time we see the shark. And if you want to talk about Al's intense flinching, it's that whole, like, get your foot out. <laughs> it's like you, you want to say something. It wouldn't have been helpful if I had said, get your foot out. There's a shark about to bite you. <laughs> but He'd be like, nah, I don't, I don't care. Yeah. I'm an islander. I know what's up. Um, so, uh, uh-huh. I had a thing. Let me see if I can access it. Okay. I, I'm a robot, and I'm going to access it. Hang on. Um, searching, we searching, were... <laughs> searching, yielding no results. <laughs> um, hang on. What were we just talking about? Uh, oh, the orcas knocking into boats. Wheels. Yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the Spiel- Stevie Spielbs uh-huh. was not the original director. They had a different director, but when he went into a meeting with the producers, he mistakenly was referring to the shark as a whale, mm. and they fired him because they didn't want to work with someone who couldn't tell the difference between a shark and a whale. We need a marine biologist <laughs> to direct this film. I don't think you need a marine biologist to know the difference. Mammal, non-mammal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. I don't know what reminded me of that, but I thought that was an interesting little factoid. Little Stevie Spielbs was not the original fella. She's looking for her notes, so I'm just going to talk to you. It's just you and me. Oh, no, audience. no, 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 no. I so, was about to say, my next uh, my next clip is... She I, doesn't want us to be alone together. It's true. I get insanely jealous. Yeah. So audience, we're going to we're gonna have to share. <laughs> uh, hour mark, eight minutes. Um, 
And this is a scene where uh, Quince and Hooper are together, and he goes into his famous uh, You Have City Hands. Ah, yes. I love this interaction. There are so many moments, though, in the interaction between Beanie and, uh, and Quincy, mm-hmm. um, where I just felt like if I were Beanie, I would... I mean, he seems to have a backbone. He doesn't, like, take no jive. Mm-hmm. He's no jive turkey. But uh, I just... There are so many moments where I would have been like, dude, stop talking to me like that. <laughs> just No, you don't touch my hands. I'm a, I'm a grown-ass man. <laughs> stand, stand over there. I'll stand right here. We can chat like gentlemen. Mm-hmm. We don't have to be like this. All right? Now get it together. Tighten up. But we do have to be like this. Man, tighten up. That's, that's what I would have said. Then. Man... You would have given him a, the old Burton Guster. <laughs> the old bit of the Burton. Man, tighten up. What? <laughs> we just watched a part of an episode the other day, the Clue-themed episode. Oh, I love that episode. <laughs> <laughs> Clues me. <laughs> means nothing to people that don't watch Psych and uh, that specific episode, but anyway. Oh, and it was a, a little amuse-bouche before we got into the real meat viewing of the uh, evening, Lycan Colony. That was a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> we watched the Rift Tracks version. Oh and if you want to watch a truly stunning paradigm of successful editing, watch watch Lake and Colony. I, it was incredible. Like, because we, we <laughs> previously, what was the worst movie we'd ever seen? Probably Birdemic. Birdemic, right? Yeah. That is an awful movie because they didn't edit. Mm-hmm. Everything is in it, including long parking scenes. Many driving scenes that go nowhere. Hanging with my family. <laughs> <laughs> Many boardroom scenes, like they're just doing nothing, talking about business. And uh, and then really cheap effects. But that was the worst movie I'd ever seen until we saw Lycan Colony. Oh. And that was just amazing. <laughs> it was... As, it was like the Stilton cheese of movies. <laughs> I just... I still really don't have words to describe. I would have to do like an hour podcast to describe all of the various aspects that went wrong. <laughs> it was amazing. I just... I can't, It was... Oh, it, I can't, it just... It incenses me. How it you have to purposefully make a movie that bad? Yeah, it's you can't just accidentally oh. do it. You know what? Maybe, maybe like the green screen effects. Oh, Him I'm w- just saying maybe we should make someone watch it for the Halloween <laughs> episode. I'm we, fine with that. Yeah, because yeah. that's something we've both seen that probably not a lot of our friends have. No, nobody's seen that movie. No. <laughs> So we get a real pure reaction. Maybe we should just do a full react video where See, we're watching and recording. At the I've, same. I've been thinking about doing that because you, you can submit uh, uh, audience created uh, riff tracks to the riff tracks website and mm-hmm. they'll host it on their site. People can download and buy it. Hmm. I feel like we should just do a special episode of the RTR. I'm going to start calling it the RDR. RDR. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I think we should do a special episode of that and, uh, just as a riff tracks and upload it to the website and see what happens. Maybe we'll become famous riff tracksers. So fun story. As I have uh, Jaws now on a freeze frame, I'm noticing some product placements uh, for Campbell's soup, for Heinz tomato ketchup, um, the salt girl, you know, Morton's salt girl. Um, and it looks like some Del Monte vegetables. He also likes the canned green beans. Of course, because canned green beans are a staple of American life. And you 
are just too good for it. <laughs> too good for the canned green beans. I also have some Campbell's. I said Campbell's. Oh, did you? It no. looks like to uh, Damn it. Does that say turkey noodle? I've never seen turkey noodle soup. She doesn't have turkey noodle soup in her house. Can you believe this, audience? Uh, beef I broth. Can't believe she's, she lives in a different strata than we do. You no, know? I've had homemade she turkey just, noodle you know. soup, but I've never seen it canned. Oh, and he has some fruit cocktail. I was able to have fruit cocktail as a child. Of course you were. I was eating dirt and rocks. And you were better for it. Yeah. <laughs> I grew up in a school of hard knocks and tough surprises. Now, was the rocks you were eating candy rocks or just... No, you think we could afford candy? No. Yes. Nope. Because candy is often cheaper than fresh fruits and vegetables. I'll tell you, that's why we've got an epidemic of uh, low health in America, because the bad stuff is cheaper. Oh, gosh, we're going to have a health-devoted podcast. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so back back to Jaws. Yep. Gotta say, I love his sweater. Looks like an Irish sweater. I'll take it. Irish wool. I'm not Irish, but... You wanted an Irish wool sweater when I went to Ireland. You didn't get me one, though. Didn't get me one, though. It was way too expensive. No, no, no. He's from the Ocean of America's Cup trial. So condescending. Like, I know you're not. Talking about shark. I'm talking about finding a great white. Porkers. Talking about porkers. Mr. Hooper. <laughs> Mr. Hooper, was it? Just tie me a sheep shack. I haven't had to pass basic seamanship in a long time. Tee hee, seamanship. He said seamen. Hey, he said short. That's another innuendo. Right? No? How's that? Right. Is this thing on? Look at his ruddy face. He's been drinking. I can tell. Yeah, I, I applauded that line. <laughs> oh, gosh. Ed, so I don't know when your next clip is but my next favorite interaction between the two of them is uh when they're on the vessel and they're both partaking of a drink yeah i think that's around mine uh my next uh is one hour 29 minutes 25 seconds okay i have a couple before you then all right he is crushing that beer look at him he downed the beer, crushed the can, Quincy did, and then... I love the yeah, little beanie has to down his water in the same way. The paper cup, and then just smushes it. I thought that was Trying funny. to show that he, too, is all that is man. Yeah, I know. I wasn't sure if that was intended to show that Hooper... That is Hooper, right? Mm-hmm. That Hooper thought that he was just as manly for doing it, or if he was making fun of Quinn for doing it. It works on either level. Part of me thinks he was mocking him for the, the I hope it was that. the penis showing game yeah. that they just did. <laughs> I hope it was that and it was a self aware thing. Because <laughs> oh. otherwise that's a little bit goofy. So um the my next clip we already somewhat discussed, so we'll skip it, but yeah. that's the uh, gonna need a bigger boat line. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was and that's a that's a terrific tidbit. And very that he got that from the crew. Very iconic kind of scene. Yeah. So uh what is your next? Mine was uh hour twenty nine. 
So when they're doing the uh, comparison of... Um, I thought it was rather sweet when they entangled legs. Yeah. <laughs> this uh, right here. Yeah. So uh, is this a good enough place to start? Uh, uh, go forward just a smidge, one more smidge, maybe one more smidge. Uh, so what am I trying to talk about here? When it goes from oh, jovial to serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I thought that was a terrific flip. And I thought it made sense. I thought it was organic. They weren't just trying to shoehorn in like a dramatic moment. Mm-hmm. I thought that uh, that uh, Shaw played it really well. You can tell that he's like coming down off of the jovial atmosphere. But he grabs him by the arm. That was lovely. See, that's why I like the second part of this movie. When they're on the boat. The it's, character dynamics are... It was, yeah. The, the writing is much more tight. The, there's a lot of character playing off of each other rather than just isolated moments. two torpedoes into our side, Chief. Who's coming back? The island of Tinian Delady just delivered the bomb. The bomb. The Hiroshima bomb. The Hiroshima bomb. I love his accent choice. I was going to say, what is his accent? It's supposed to be Bird Island, Doesn't sound like Peter Griffin. Didn't see the first shark for about half an hour. Tiger, 13 footer, you know. You know that when you're in the water, Chief? You tell by looking from the dorsal to the tail. What we didn't know was our bomb mission had been so secret, no distress signal had been sent. They didn't even list us overdue for a week. Very first light, Chief. Sharks come cruising. So we formed ourselves into tight groups. You know, it's kind of like old squares in a battle, like you see in a calendar, like the Battle of Waterloo, and the idea was, shark comes the nearest man, that man, he start pounding and hollering and screaming, and sometimes the shark would go away. Sometimes he wouldn't go away. Sometimes that shark, he looks right into you, right into your eyes. You know the thing about a shark, he's got lifeless eyes, black eyes, like a doll's eyes. This is amazing. When he comes at you, he doesn't seem to be living until he bites you. And those black eyes roll over white and then... Oh, then you hear that terrible high-pitched screaming. The ocean turns red, despite all the pounding and the hollering, they all come in and they rip you to pieces. You know, by the end of that first dawn, lost a hundred men. I don't know how many sharks, maybe a thousand. I don't know how many men, the average six an hour. Thursday morning, Chief, I bumped into a friend of mine, Herbie Robinson from Cleveland. Baseball player, Bosun's mate. I thought he was asleep. Reached over to wake him up. Bobbed up and down in the water, just like a kind of top. Upended. Well, he'd been bitten in half below the waist. Noon the fifth day, Mr. Uber, Lockheed Ventura, 
so she swung in low and he saw us to the young part of luck, younger than Mr. Hooper anyway, he saw us and he come in low and three hours later a big fat PBY comes down and start to pick us up. You know, that was the time I was most frightened, waiting for my turn. I'll never put on a life jacket again. So, oh, 1,100 men went in the war. 316 men come out. The sharks took the rest June the 29th, 1945. Anyway, we delivered the bomb. So, obviously, that was a tour de force of acting. That was really fantastic. And I hate, normally I hate monologues Mm -hmm. because they feel very artificial and actors usually can't pull them off very well. But he delivered that terrifically. I think it's uh, evident how enraptured we were in the soft, precise way he was delivering because you and I said nothing that entire clip. Yeah. Um, The hairs on my arm stood at, you know, they, they stood up during that speech just... There's something very real and horrible about the story. Like, just it, it reminds me of reading about um, the the true Moby Dick story and some of the sailors that mm. were um, stranded on these kind of lifeboats and uh, starving and just right. awful. And there's just something very hopeless about those stories, like right. that stuck at sea kind of. So. I loved his performance mm-hmm. and it, it kind of nullifies my problem, but I did have a problem with it and potentially did anything anal- analogous to that actually happen in real life. I honestly do not know enough about that specific attack to know. Um, but my dad knows everything about all of the wars. I could ask him. <laughs> I, yeah, I'd love to. We can yeah. we can have a section of the show that's just correcting us from previous episodes. Yes. But uh, my thought is that this was a story problem or mm-hmm. a writing problem. It seemed weird to me and really convenient uh, that the hero of the shark story had a shark trauma when he was delivering a bomb in the biggest war we've ever had in the world. Mm-hmm. That just seemed really like he's our hero. He was involved in a really pivotal uh, moments of world history. Mm-hmm. And that involved sharks. That just seemed odd to me. And I will say that there's something, um, there's something about Robert Shaw's performance here that I think I appreciate more of him as this kind of more gritty actor mm-hmm. that I don't know I would have liked as much if it was Heston. Oh, interesting. Like, I, I think it's because he's a little bit of a darker character hmm. that I appreciated the story coming from Robert Shaw more than I did or would have from Heston. I mean, it's hard to say because I've never heard Heston do that monologue. Yeah, exactly. You know, Heston's a, a great actor in his own right, so it's possible that he would have been able to access that kind of depth. But he is a crazy man, though. I, I, I you know. Oh, oh, yeah. Homeboy loves his guns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him and Nuji. Doctor Nuji. Doctor Doctor Hims Nuji. Yeah, <laughs> lovely fella. Uh. Um. So, uh, what? 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 What were we doing? Uh, well, 
my my vicious killer cat uh, decided that she wanted to go all medieval on a fly. Really um, white shoes Johnson on it. No, uh, I don't know that reference. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so I, uh, and she's now staring intently at the ice maker. She has discovered how to activate it. Oh God, is she really? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've never. <laughs> she's seen looking up at it. <laughs> I will figure you out. Okay. But uh, so I, I had to put the fly out of its misery because she had uh, wounded it. I didn't think it would have been. Uh, Did you stamp on it? I, I used a paper towel. It, it felt cruel to just cast it wounded outside hmm. because it looked pretty, pretty bad. Because otherwise it would have flown away, I'm sure. I'm all for sympathy for insects mm-hmm. and other types of bugs. But spiders and flies... I have no sympathy for. So spiders, I recognize the importance of them. Yeah, they're all right. Um, they can take care of themselves. I'd prefer them not to be in my home. <laughs> but with the fly, I, I don't know that flies contribute anything really aside from uh, pestilence. Like what, what, they, they consume what, pestilence. What was it that, uh, that Eddie Izzard said that they make uh, chutney? Chutney. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking Bees of... make honey and uh, flies make chutney. Oh, <laughs> something like. Oh, that. I just remember his uh, pigeons always uh, clay pigeons always whizzing through your house. <laughs> Shoot the clay pigeons! Yeah, exactly. Clay pigeons are fuckers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a lot of wisdom that people overlook. Oh yes, it's you know our second podcast should just be uh, we love Eddie Izzard and how much. Oh my goodness, we should totally do specials where we just watch his stand up. Yeah, because. But it's not going to be productive. It'll just be us giggling. Yeah. We just like him so much. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I will say that I have to stop midway through Dress to Kill, not because I don't want to continue, but I'm exhausted from mm-hmm. laughing so hard. It's like I, I can't go on. <laughs> yeah. The, same with me, especially for Dress to Kill and some of his earlier ones. Mm-hmm. Um, like, uh, oh, God, it's been so long. You can't get them on streaming services, and you haven't been for a long time, so I, I've forgotten the names. Like unrepeatable, I think is one, mm-hmm. and there was one where he's in a a red like jumpsuit with huge red high heels, and it looks like his set is the Death Star. I don't oh. remember what that one is. I don't think that's that's not Force Majeure. That's um, no, it was an older one. It, it's it's older than Dress to Kill, even I think. Uh, it's on the tip of my tongue, and this is gonna bother me. I love that one. That's one of yeah. my favorites. That's the <laughs> one where he talks about uh, being a safe cracker when you're trying to. Uh, turn the the knobs on your shower and just get warm. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and uh, who can forget Star Wars Canteen? Oh, yeah. I think he may... I think there are two versions and he might have done one in that that one. Oh, well, uh, have the penny a la arrabbiata. (laughs) (laughs) This one's wet and this one's wet and this one is wet. Did you dry these in a fucking rainforest? Why... You're, you're Steve, head of catering. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm Steve. No, I... <laughs> I'm, I was, I'm Lord Vader, Darth Vader. Darth Vader. <laughs> Lord Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> Lord Vader of Cheem. <laughs> How strong am I? <laughs> strong like a like a small pony. Oh, that's really oh, quite that's strong. Quite strong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, this has been an endorsement for Mr. Eddie Izzard. I think we're going to get one in almost every episode. I have not done a... No, that's not true. I talked about Campbell's, <laughs> Heinz tomato ketchup. And oh, yeah. There's, always, there's also... There should be a section every episode <laughs> for, for weird endorsements from Allison. 
product placement by Allison. Unpaid. Uh, the good people at Campbell's now owe us money. That's how this works, right? I, yes. We'll write them a letter. We talked about you. Give us money. Yes, on our wildly successful unadvertised podcast. <laughs> Speaking of, if anyone listening to this, or indeed co-hosting it, mm-hmm. has any friends... <laughs> <laughs> has any friends with a platform somewhere on social media please force them to advertise for us <laughs> we could really use sorry it. <laughs> he's like or specifically the co-host <laughs> i wonder who he's talking about it could Clara. be anyone yeah. <laughs> Anywho. yeah so anyway that's all i had the, uh, the last thing i think we were talking about was quinn's war story and just i had the problem with it story-wise, that it just seemed really convenient that he had a war story about sharks. And he would like to know the validity of the history. The historicity of the veracity of the history. Indubitably. Yes. <laughs> Quite so. So the next one I have is at uh, hour 34. I don't know what yours is. Do you have any more? Nope, that was the last one I Okay, had. I just have two more. Okay. I'm tired and I And I like the camaraderie here. There's the bucket. Maybe he just wanted to party with them. He does seem to be attracted to singing, yeah. This is such a lovely moment. Why did see right here? He, the shark is punching the hull. What is going on? I think he that's being done by his uh, schnoozle. Yeah, I could understand one bam, but he went bam, bam, bam. He's uh, a Flintstone kid. How can a shark do that? Bam, bam. And there, there. Look, at, he's punching it. The shark grew fists and is now punching the hull. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mr. Robert Shaw is not having any of it. Oh, no. He put out that fire, boy. I'm going to tell you what. We're going to get this shark. I'm going to shoot it right in his schnoz. And he's punching it in different places now. He's testing for weaknesses. I just don't get it. This is so goofy to me. I don't know how it came across when it first came out, but that is goofy. It's Pluto. Like, none of this, af- like, all the horror, quote-unquote, after that means nothing because it just seems so goofy it pulled me out of it. Which is a shame, because everyone's still giving a good performance. But none of the horror in this, like the shark coming through and everything, it didn't do it for me. Okay. I mean, we might as well just watch the rest of it. There's the shooting star, by the way. Yeah. It, it just, it, that didn't look real to me. Here, you can see another shot of it, I think. Or maybe that was slightly before. I thought you could see it again from another Oh, angle. there it goes. Yeah, 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 there it is. Yeah, I think... It- it could also be that the film reel was sped up or slowed down. 
Uh, because it didn't seem to be organic looking. It didn't. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I never paid attention to it before. Like, it caught my eye, and I assumed it was a visual effect, and then I saw a bunch of people online saying it wasn't. And so I went back and rewatched it, and it really it does not seem real. I mean, I might be totally wrong, but... There's Mr. Barrel. I'm over a barrel with you that you watch this. Don't, don't ever do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, don't silence me. I will. <laughs> never, never interrupt me. I have important things to say. <laughs> but I will say that the music-wise, uh, the dump, 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 dump. I didn't find that to be scary, but there's another musical cue. When it's the still slow, dun, 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 dun. I don't. I don't think that's very stressful. But the doodle-doo, that that kind of that inspired a little bit of anxiety in me. The doodle doos often inspire me yeah, as well. I like the doodle doos. <laughs> <laughs> so I I want to just let this ride because there are some places where the shark comes out of the water. Well, a lot coming up. And again, I think that it would have been scary had I seen it when it first came out but it's just very obviously fake but yeah right there but yeah yeah. so it it, it, I feel so bad because I love Star Wars and there are so many effects in Star Wars that I'm sure look like that but they don't look like that to me they look really authentic to me but that's because I saw it when I was a kid Before there were better special effects Hello. and, Hello. I don't know, more crafty oh, editing. Coast so was it ever explained why he does this? Is it just kind of a, uh, a Moby Dick style, he wants to get it? He doesn't want the Coast Guard to get it? As Quinn just, Quinn just uh, took the baseball bat to the radio. He never explains himself, though. I think he's come back for his noon feeding. And I like that he, that uh, Hooper's still being coy. Oh yeah. boys, <laughs> the killer shark that's punching our hull a lot and making it leak. It's coming back for us. Well, I think this is really one of the first times where they make you see so much of the shark. Well, that's interesting. So Quinn just walked around the the edge of the ship right when the shark was coming across the edge of the ship. That was ballsy. Gets a hook in the dorsal. Gets one bucket. So I guess it's only hooked to one bucket. Mm -hmm. One bucket at a time. Different shots. Yeah. Yeah. And this music is too optimistic. They thought they got him. I don't know. This sounds like some Goonies music. Uh, this, this is the one place I criticized the music. That sounded really out of place to me. This is supposed to be an intense scene. Even if you think you kind of got it, that sounded like a kid's movie. They want us to be hopeful that this is the triumph. Yeah. I don't know. It, it rubbed me the wrong way. The one thing I do appreciate is the um, caution that they, they put to be mindful of your leads because they can hurt you the the rope leads that they get tight oh sure yeah yeah, yeah. um i've known um 
people in the sailing community that have actually uh, had a limb amputated by accident because of a line error. Oh, wow. Yeah, um, I'm sure that can happen. I mean, I used to go boating with my family. My, my mom's side of the family, like my grandparents, my oma and opa, and my uncle are somewhat well-to-do. Mm-hmm. And they used to have a big sailboat. We used to go out on it. So I know a, a little bit about that, but I haven't been out for a long time. Or I should say, I knew about it when I was a kid. So I'm curious, how did they do these buckets? Had what? The buckets that are being pulled along. You see, like, long shots. You see long shots of the bucket being dragged along. And I'm wondering how they did that. Like, did they just have to paint out... This is 75. They can't have painted out, like, an arm or something dragging it along. How did they have the buckets being pulled underwater? Mm Mm-hmm. Because right there, there's obviously something off off camera pulling it, or could be. I wonder if is. maybe they have something weighted into the bucket that causes that kind of partial... Sus- well, but I'm wondering what's pulling it. Because there are some shots where you can see the bucket and the line all in the same shot. It doesn't go off frame. So I'm just wondering, there must have been something underwater pulling it. And I'm just curious what that mechanism is. It's It seems interesting. Also, we've got the benefit. So we just saw the shark peek out of the water. And modern viewers now have the benefit of having seen lots of nature programs with sharks. Mm-hmm. And I've never seen a shark do something like that. So the only times that there are sharks that will sometimes try to leap out of water, but it is extremely uh, disorienting from them. And it's usually uh, perceived as kind of like, an accident when they're hunting. They're so on target. They don't usually breach like this. Well, yeah, and so he breached and stayed there. Like, he was just kind of peeking out, looking at them. It was just Like a weird. dolphin? Yeah, it was odd. <laughs> see right here. Oh, yeah. You can see the, the barrel being pulled. Well, not here. Engine's going wrong. Quinn's pushing it too hard. He's getting his machete. He's going to take the shark down himself. No, he's going to cut, cut the line. Yeah. yeah. But when I first saw that, I was like, oh, God, he's going to just jump in with it in his teeth. So right there, if you go back 15 seconds. So when he cuts the line right here. The boat comes down, and you can see the buckets being pulled that way. Mm. By what? That's a very good question. I'm not sure. I don't know how they filmed that. Yeah. I'm wondering if they had, like, a big rig or something underwater that was just designed for... Pulling them down? Yeah. Yeah, because they definitely have air in them, and so it would... And I just wonder... It it seems very skillful to have hidden all of that. Okay, so uh, I'm just fast-forwarding a little bit. Well, yeah, let's get to the part where the shark starts to menace, smash up the ship. All right, he's pushing it. Too many RPMs. Too many knots. Too many knots per knot. Uh oh. 
getting into a squabble. Can't fight amongst each other, guys. We've got a shark to deal with. And see, uh, they're being pulled, I guess, just by this boat, maybe. Really long line. I guess that's got to be it. I mean, it's kind of keeping pace with the ship, so. I'm still talking about the barrels, by the way, guys. I'm obsessed with the barrels. That he's crazy singing. Well, I guess they haven't slept, have they? No. And it's daytime. That night was really short. It's got to look where the shadows are. See if it's actually morning. Looks pretty noonish. Noonday sun. Yeah, well now it's foggy. It's hard to say. Just ambient light. So Hooper is going to attempt to get into the water and shoot the uh, shark with a trink. So if you look here, you can see the shadows coming down at a pretty harsh, steep angle. Mm -hmm. So I'm guessing they were filming midday-ish. Which is kind of a goof, but you can't really avoid that especially since they were doing it real. Real time. So I'm just, in, in the interest of our listeners, going to, uh, I'm not sure, a good place to start. What, what do you think? You can do the, the cage scene. I'm also just interested in where the shark starts crashing through the ship. Because I wanted to, well, this is a good one. This is, we're on the, uh, the cage scene right now. So you can talk about the, uh, the small fella being used for forced perspective mm -hmm. in the smaller cage with a normal size uh, shark. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm also curious just how you're feeling about the fear factor here. Um, it's tense because we're made to believe that this isn't just your run-of-the-mill shark. It's a shark with a vendetta for some reason. And, and I also thought that that whole aspect of the shark being intelligent and wanting vengeance or whatever seems odd to me because the rest of the movie is filmed in such a grounded, realistic way mm -hmm. that having this kind of supernatural shark seems really out of place to me. Now, there is a horror movie that released around the same time called Orca about a vengeful orca whale. <laughs> Was it the director that got rejected for this? Oh, gosh, I almost <laughs> hope it is. <laughs> but um, part, part of me wondered, you know, it, it, it seemed odd that Jaws would have gone away from the shore to follow them out to sea. Yeah. There's no motivation that we understand. Well, there's a shot later that shows they're not so far out. You can still see land, at least. I mean, I guess that's still pretty far out. So the shark was able to bend these girders here. But I guess he was able to tear down a dock and do all the other things. And Hooper has dropped his... Uh his trank. Who wrote this, by the way? Because um. we were talking about uh, Stevie Spielberg's um, making sweeping changes, or not sweeping changes, but large changes to key uh, moments in the movie. 
the screenplay uh, was written by Peter Benchley. Peter Benchley. And uh, Carl Gottlieb. Okay. Oh, he comes in, and it looks like he should have killed him there. He got his whole mouth in there. <laughs> this has got to be fascinating for the viewers, just hearing music and sound effects. Yeah, we're, 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 we're enraptured. Yeah. Uh, so Hooper has escaped through the bottom of the hatch to try to get the trank, and the shark is going... Uh, so that shot right there where the, sh- where the shark was wriggling around, mm-hmm. I wonder if that was a real shark that they filmed um, in Australia or wherever, or if they had gotten one of their um, animatronic sharks to do something, because that looks very fluid. That looks really good. I that that, that is a real shark, yeah. that, and that's what they didn't want to lose. Yeah, okay, okay. All right, so the ship is sinking. We're getting some stuff snapping. Mr. Sharky is wriggling. Going sharky, sharky. <laughs> swimmy, swimmy. And we have lost the cage, um, and our heroes are left to assume Hooper's demise. Four little hoops. Yep, he swims downward. And uh, the shark loses interest in the prey that it can easily get. It would rather attack this wooden structure. And I honestly feel like um, Robert Shaw in this scene looked worried or panicked for on a friend level, not just... See, I was looking for that. and uh, When he was reeling him up, I, I thought I saw some of that glean on his face. Yeah, maybe so. Because he seems like newly impassioned. Oh, right there, yeah. that seems super de duper fake. The shark just jumped up onto the hull. And the crack to the hall and um, stuff. Chompy chomp chomp. Which, which uh, the cracking of the hall is unrealistic, I guess, but I can I can buy it. But the shark just kind of beaching itself on it seems so goofy. And the fact that Shaw can't grab anything on the way down, like his leg. Well, he tries to propel himself out of the mouth a- area, but good acting on Shaw. Uh-huh. The pain, like, in the cracking. The sound editing. Very good. (laughs) Uh, So we're seeing a bloody Shaw trying to stab Jaws. um, Bruce. And now uh, has met his end by his truest enemy. Yeah, Moby Dick style. And uh, it's showing the fake shark for so long. It lingered on camera for so long. I just don't think it was a good idea. I'm usually not a fan of uh, movies cutting so much, especially during action scenes. Mm -hmm. But since it is a fake shark, it has a seam around like the jawline. Yeah. It shouldn't have lingered on camera so long. So right now we're seeing Officer Brody fighting the shark scared um, and throwing him an air canister. Uh, so when he when he went through the, the the window like that, yes, was that a jump scare for you? No. Okay, I think it was supposed to be. Because it it was too um, present of this is happening. Yeah. 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 Because as far as I read, I, he said that the first big jump scare was the shark crashing through. I think it said the window or some part of the boat. So I think that was supposed to be the jump scare of the movie, but he moved it um, earlier in the movie to the head. Okay. So I think that was supposed to be a jump scare, but also he might have changed the editing to make it less jump scary here. 
plus uh, different music and stuff like that. I'm sure it could have been made to be jumpier. Jumpier, scarier. Yeah. And so the final thing that uh, bumped me about the movie was, like I said, everything is very grounded and realistic-ish. I mean, obviously, within its uh, heightened world of a killer shark. Um, so he's stabbing it and such now, but in a bit, he shoots it and he gets the big explosion. And that was a little bit blockbustery, but he, he had to say a line like, eat this, you mother, and then shoots it and explodes. I can't remember exactly what the line is, but I think that line was super out of place. Like all of a sudden he became Bruce Willis. It's the only Hard thing Four. that wasn't art organic. Yeah, yeah. It, it seemed... All right, he's taking crack shots at it, trying to get the air canister. And he's got a heck of a name. He's on a wobbly sinking ship. <laughs> you son of a boom. I thought that was a little goofy. I thought the moment would have been so much more real and significant if he hadn't done that. So for a little a little laugh, uh, I would encourage you all to watch a fake trailer where they turn Jaws into a romantic comedy. Uh, it's called Must Love Jaws. Okay. Uh, Can we watch that after the podcast is over? Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. Because yeah. it makes me, makes me giggle. Okay. I'm looking forward to that. All right, I think that's enough, unless you've got something else specifically you want to see. Nope, All except right. uh, get your legs out of the water. <laughs> yeah, you dummies. The shark is in there. All right, <clears throat> so we're on to Act 7, mm -hmm. which is the Rosie Award. The Rosie Award is new. I think we'll be carrying this forward, especially if all of our fans love it as much <laughs> as I think they will. We've, also because we've got so many fans. Uh, so who do you think the character is that contributed most to the story? That is the recipient of the Rosie Award. So I think it would be Robert Shaw and Hooper together as hmm. a duo. Gotta give it to one person. At Rob least for the first one. We can go rogue later, but for the first one, at least. Robert Shaw. Robert Shaw. You think it's Quinny? I think it's Quinny. Quinny Quinpoo. Huh, Quinny Quinpoo. I, yeah, I guess, but... I don't think any of that would have happened. If it weren't for the mayor. If it weren't for the <laughs> mayor, you see? Actually, I, honestly, I think it was the guy on the dock that hooked it. Mm. The, I think the dock workers are, are the dock construction people, are the worst people in this story. So we need to give a rose and a thorn is what you're saying. Oh, yes. <laughs> the thorn award. Yes. Rosy and thorn. So the rosy... Perhaps to, to Quinn, the thorn, the dock workers, because yeah. of building shoddy docks. Agreed on the thorn. I give my thorn to the dock construction <laughs> workers. Uh, they were not on camera, mm -hmm. but their presence was felt yep. in a very negative way. So my, but my Rosie, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Well, if it's going to be a, a thorn, I feel like the award should be the rose. You give a rose and a thorn. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Changing from Rosie to Rose. So who do I give my rose to? Bunder, bunder, bunder. What was, uh, this Quinn and Hoop, mm -hmm. that's Beanie Man, who's Chiefy Chief? 
Brody. Brody. Uh, gotta give it to Brody. He's the one that starts all this off. Nobody would have cared really much until it ate the entire city. And then like Godzilla. Yeah. Like nobody. I think you got to give it to Brody. Okay. I think he, he started the investigation. He pulled the important people in like the Hooper and such. Um, he was the reason that the mayor took it seriously at all to begin with to enlist the likes of Quinn. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that none of this would have happened if it weren't for Brody. Okay. Got to give it to Brody. So my rose goes to Brody. Thorn goes to the con- dock construction workers. Terrible people. <laughs> so uh, my rose tinted feel rating. Um, was it as good as I remember? Yeah, 100%. And I think most people would agree with me. Um, I think it contributed a lot to cinema. Um, it was one of the first perceived summer blockbuster films. Mm-hmm. It, it set the stage for blockbusters and such. Um, it just, um, it was just, a, I think, a very fantastic film. Uh, I would also say that this is a movie that I don't know could be made in the modern climate. Um because of camera phones and the internet, this would have been such a scandal before Jaws had a chance to go back after people. Like, after the first couple of attacks, I think that would have been the end of it. Not not the end of hunting him down, per se, but it would have been publicized more. It wouldn't have been able to be muzzled. You know, you're very kind. You didn't point out that I skipped an act. Well, we, we just got into a different... Act numbering. <laughs> um, was it as good as you remember? Yeah, I think so. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, there, there was stuff that I picked up on more. I, every time I see these movies again and again, I always pick up on more things. So I'm guessing it's going to, because I was about to ask you if you were, well, I've already asked you if you thought it was as scary as you did when you were, when you first saw it. I think it's more thrilling than scary, and I think I've always felt that about it. Yeah. Well, and I'm wonder, I was wondering if the having a modern look at the special effects has any influence over how scared or thrilled you are. And I, I don't think it should necessarily, especially, I mean, if you're coming at it from a nostalgic point of view, I was the, the analogy to star Wars, I think holds up and mm-hmm. star Trek for that matter. Mm-hmm. I can be really, uh, I can feel really tense watching a star Trek episode and everything just looks like, you know, ping pong balls on strings and whatever else. Uh, but that's because I'm invested in the characters and I don't really care what the effects look like. So I don't know if that's the same for you. I I think it is because, um, I'm so enveloped in the actors reacting to the shark that you forget in a sense that it's a fake shark because of how real the reactions are. Right. Yeah. And I don't think I quite got that. Okay. And I, but I think that's probably because I didn't see it before. So there, and we also have this, I, I wouldn't call it a theory, but um, we've discussed before where my mind is more willing to forgive things because I was showed these things at a younger age. But yeah, but I don't think that's unique. I think I'm the same way. Like I said, with Star Wars, Star Trek, I mean, any of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, Even Jurassic Park. Like yeah, I exactly. saw that when I was so young yeah. that I will still get inordinately terrified when uh, at the very beginning with the raptor dragging the guy into the cage. Oh, yeah, yeah, shoot. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I, the thing that's freaked me out the most, I have to say in the original, uh, 
Jurassic Park when I was a kid was the, I don't know what it was, the thing with the clown costume. Oh, that got Newman? The rough, yeah. yeah. That spit acid into his face. Yeah, that freaked <laughs> me out. And the fact that he went back to the car and it was there waiting for him. Ugh. So I will say that something that residually has stuck with me my entire life as a fear reaction uh-huh. is the Crypt Keeper's laugh from that beginning intro music. Oh, really? Just something about it. I don't know if I could remember it. Like, oh, I know it happened, but I can't it, really picture what it sounded like. It's shrill and kind of high-pitched, like, hee 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 yeah, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. But it just... Um, all our uh, Crypt Keeper fans, our Tales from the Crypt fans, are going to at me for that fake <laughs> laugh. But Well, it's, what do you think they're going to do to me? I couldn't even remember it. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> it's just something about... Like, there was nothing particularly scary about it. It was almost comical. Right. It, the character is supposed well, to be comical. See, I think that that's... I think that is kind of integral sometimes to a terrifying performance. Like it could be funny in another context, yeah. but in this context, the thing that could be humorous is just terrifying. And I think that amplifies it. And like, it's just, I'm a little bit, um, pitch sensitive. So Mm. like when someone is screaming or crying, um, it affects my ears. Like it's like a sensitivity to that oh, kind of pitch. Right. Um, so listening for instance to, um, Oh gosh, now I'm going to forget the name of it. It's the, uh, come from the land of the ice and snow song. Uh, oh. the, the, the name is just escaping me right now because I brought it up. Uh, <laughs> and it, it's is the, that rush. No, it's not rush it's, journey. Uh, no, it's, uh, come on. Is that the same one that goes, ah, and it's that noise. Yeah. It's, uh, sorry. I'm much better at this and (laughs) you should see her Uh, hands on face. It's because I want to come to it organically and not look it up on Google. No one will think poorly of you except for me. All right, audience. It's just you and me. It's immigrant song by Led Zeppelin. Oh, Led Zeppelin. Oh my God. Can I break some hearts right now? Yeah, go ahead. I don't like Led Zeppelin. Well, you're wrong, but, um, (laughs) so it's one of those things where his pitch is so like, it's, it's a screaming kind of sound to it. Mm -hmm. Um, it makes my eyes water. Like it makes me cry and it's the same with like people screaming or Yeah. yeah. Shouting. Well, I mean, Led Zeppelin makes me cry too. That's why I don't listen to it. Okay. <laughs> no, actually, I shouldn't say I don't like it, but a lot of those classic rock bands, I think it's the same sort of situation. I didn't listen to it when I was young, mm-hmm. and it's not real rock. <laughs> I know, I'm just... <laughs> Ooh. Look, it's not. It's certainly not heavy. Okay, it's rock. It's rock. It's not metal. <laughs> it's, not, it's not heavy, and it's very soft and feminine sounding to me. No. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Uh, so I'm going to let someone else educate Zach on music. I'm too busy working on movies. We will we will fix Look, this. I have fought with people about this. I, so many people. And uh, I just, I, I, I can appreciate it. You can like what you like. And obviously I'm outnumbered. I just don't get it. Ah! Oh, that's heavy. That's heavy, boy. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so back to Jaws. We will wrap up Jaws. Just I don't want to upset. open up this bag of worms. <laughs> as many like, people as possible. Just kidding. I don't hate it that much. I'm just playing it up. I just think it's no, funny. he really does. Uh, 
he well he also had a hard time with it in the Thor movie. Uh, I thought that particular song didn't fit, <laughs> but I like eighties music and I like some seventies. I just think seventies rock. I just object to people saying that it's metal. Like a lot of people say that it's metal and some people say it's hard rock. And I just don't think it's either of those. It sounds, I don't know. It's, it's, it's soft rock or pop. Now perhaps part of the issue is that um, we have more exposure to it now than they, it would have been more compartmentalized and played on specific stations then. Well, I think it's exactly like uh, older movie special effects. Like we have the benefit of seeing, how people have built on that. Mm -hmm. So that was the original and you give it props for that. But newer rock is just rockier. (laughs) Strong disagree. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, so uh, back to act six, uh, language or events that are objectionable to our modern standards. Um, This time, no, I don't think anything stands out as strongly objectionable. There's no, Uh, derogatory slurs. What about the way Brody treated his wife? I don't think he treated her. He listened to her. I I don't know. There were a few moments when she was talking and he would just wouldn't look at her just because he was like, I've got something more important on my mind. I don't need to listen to you. See, I didn't pick up on that kind of microaggression. Um, it was a microaggression. It was just a regular one. I mean, I think, when you're acting, maybe he was making a character choice like, oh, he's looking for paintbrushes or something. No, it was the scene where they were having uh, wine uh, with Hooper, who had just come in. Mm-hmm. And he was looking at Hooper. They were having a conversation. Whenever his wife spoke, he just would never look at her. And I never picked up on that. Yeah, we probably should have rewatched that scene. I probably <laughs> should. I, I assumed you would have um, at least known what I was talking about. But I noticed that a couple of times it was in that scene and I don't know if it was in the scene right before they yelled at their son for being in the boat or it was another one, but I know it happened at least a couple of times and it, it uh, at least jumped out at me. Huh. Interesting. Not that I don't think that could happen in a movie today. Just that that was that, that kind of rubbed me as either misogynistic or he was just something, something. I don't know. Huh? No, I applaud you for having that viewpoint i i guess i never paid strictly attention to it so it didn't strike me as a yeah those rose tinted flipping reels on your face they won't come off i know super glue okay so oh so uh your uh your real rating my real rating i i I think well so i i don't know if you got the upgraded uh format so Mm -hmm. i have it broken out into different categories so the first one being genre quality. So in this case, scariness, uh, popcorn, good times, blockbuster rating, mm-hmm. directing, writing, acting, and then finally your real rating. Okay. So genre quality. So I would say thrilling. It more thrilling than scary. Out of ten. Out of ten. Um, Eight point five out of ten. Wow. So what would you put something like? Uh, no. What's the scariest? Exorcist. What would you put Exorcist at? Because I have seen Exorcist recently. So I always found Exorcist more interesting than scary. See, I found Exorcist... I didn't think it was super scary because, I mean, demonic and, like, satanic things don't really bother me. Mm-hmm. But still, the way it was filmed, I thought was scary and, oh. and, and all that. So I would put so Exorcist I'd, way above Jaws. 
so one's scary. I, I would say, well, so remember, I said thrilling. I guess, but this is the scary meter. Oh, the scary. Uh, well, scary. I guess you can. You can. It's different. Like I, I would say, the the moments. It wasn't relying on scare factor. I feel like I think that there were scenes where we were tense, but not necessarily scared. And I think that's so, that's fair. If the if the movie wasn't intending to be scary, I thought that it was. I thought for the time it was supposed to be one of the scary. It things. was marketed as action thriller. Okay. So I would say, from a scary rating, I would give it seven. Uh, and I justified that about the lingering effect that it's had of people's fear of getting in the water. It certainly had a big effect on cinema and uh, perception, public mm-hmm. perception of these things. Mm-hmm. So and I, again, for the time, I think you, you'd probably be right. But I think now I give it a three. People are still scared to get in the water. Well, it's true, but they're not. I wouldn't be scared of the movie, and I wasn't. I gave it a three out of ten for scares. Next time you get in the water, in the back of your little brain, you're gonna have the little feelers prick up. I guarantee it. I know. I mean, I used to be yeah. so terrified of sharks mm-hmm. that I would be scared to get in a pool mm-hmm. because I would just like I would have the feeling that one was behind me, and I just couldn't see it. So I think it was an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark. Um, where there was like a ghost girl in the pool who was dragging people to the bottom of the pool and drowning them. Oh. And so that that is what I am <laughs> scared of in pools. I'll tell you what, the, the scariest episode of that that stuck with me for years still kind of freaks me out a little bit just thinking about it. Mm-hmm. It made my hair stand up on end. It was the episode where I think it was a girl and maybe a guy, like a couple, went into a house and slowly the house started turning into a dollhouse. Oh, it was a girl and she was looking for her friend and she was turning, the girl was turning into a doll. Yeah. Like her hands were porcelain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, little red hair girl. Oh my God, that scared me to death. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Freaked me out so bad. Oh, it's so good. 10 miss, out of 10 scares. Missed that show. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, oh yeah, so do I. I. Aren't they coming back? Did I hear that? So they, they'll occasionally play episodes um, on Nick at Night. Yeah. Um. I heard a rumor that they were going to do a I, new one, but I, I don't know whatever happened. I Yeah, I heard that rumor. I don't know. I thought someone famous was attached to it. I'd have to look it up. I shrugged. Now. You can't hear me shrug, but I shrugged. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so. so yeah, I thought the scares were minimal. Mm-hmm. And I know it was scary back then and it inspired a lot of things and such, but uh, I just from my perspective now, didn't I wasn't scared by it. Okay. So the director rating... Um, oh, director rating. So I find that this was very well directed. I just find it interesting that a lot of the director um, notes that happened here seem to be based on things not going to plan and having to on the fly make choices. Um, you mean like Spielby uh, changing out the, the head scene for the big scare and things like that? Yeah, or uh, the shark's malfunctioning, causing us to have to have less scenes with a visible shark. Oh, sure, 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 yeah, yeah. And he just worked around that yeah. whole thing. Ag- agreed, and I think that's the mark of a f- legendary director to still make such a great picture yeah. with those limitations. And to find a way to come back from a bloated budget. You know, if I tried to sell a shark movie right now, I think it would just get lumped into the sci-fi sharknado kind of mm-hmm. franchise nothing in the shark genre i think has come close to jaws because of spielberg 
in terms of scares or just good directing? Just being a, a good film aside, like, out, so it's... Well, I was going to suggest Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> well, that, that, that was entertaining, but would you call it a... A like, great piece of cinema? Yeah, no. yeah. exactly. Yeah. So it's... I mean, Sam Jackson giving his speech and then getting swallowed up, you can't Shark that. ate me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also thought the writing was very good uh, in this film. Uh, I gave it a... I, well, okay, so I'll tell you. My directing rating, I gave it an 8 out of 10. Okay. I thought it was really well directed, especially with the, the limitations he had. Um, and honestly, with the script he had, because I gave the writing a 5 out of 10. Okay. I didn't think the writing was that good. I thought it was compelling. But but I think that was more down to the actors. I thought the actors made it compelling. The actors have to give it life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so acting... Uh, acting wise, I gave it a seven out of 10. Okay. And that's not because I thought that the main characters were seven out of 10 actors. I think they were great. They probably, you know, eight and nine. I thought they were fantastic, but some of the background actors and other scenes, I thought weighed it down a little bit. Okay. Okay. So we're, we're here at the point where I need you to tell me, how do you feel? Uh, I just took one year of your life away. How does that make you feel? Bad. <laughs> Don't do that. No, uh, Princess Bride. Oh, okay. <laughs> I need to rewatch that. I've missed several quotes from that movie, mm-hmm. and I feel bad. Okay. You should. I love that movie, but it's been a while. Hello, lady. <laughs> Hello, lady. <laughs> um, so for my real roses, my real rating, mm-hmm. I give it a 7 out of 12. Okay. That's a fair score. I mean, it's a little better than half. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ever so slightly. I mean, so it's, it's not as good as Casablanca. Casablanca. Yeah. Well. And <laughs> apparently less good still than uh, Breakfast Club. Yeah. <laughs> I think you need to sort out your priorities. Uh. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I thought, no. Okay, so my, in summary, to explain that rating. In summation. I thought it was a great movie. Mm-hmm. I, I'm taking nothing away from the movie. I thought it was really well directed, really well acted. I thought the f- first half of the movie was slow. I mean, it's got a build, I know, but it was. It had things that were supposed to be thrilling that I wasn't thrilled by. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. It, it just felt like it missed the mark. But again, I'm coming at it from a modern perspective. And I, I'm I am trying not to give it an allowance for being old. Mm-hmm. I'm just coming at it as though it came out today. Mm-hmm. So it was funny. It was just the way you described it. I imagine you just like mental Zach in a teacups ride, just looking bored. <laughs> I'm not thrilled by this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know why my mind went there. Just you looking grumpy in the teacups ride, your arms crossed, you're like, not good enough. (laughs) But you have to understand, in that metaphor, you have said that one of the biggest cinematic movies you have compared to one of the lamest rides at Disney World. That's one of my favorite rides. But that's also because I can't ride coasters. So that's as thrilling as I can. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Well, all right. So, um, yeah. So I'm trying not to give it any allowances for being old. I'm trying to just come at it from the perspective of, if it came out this year, what mm-hmm. would I think about this movie? Okay. I would think that it was a terrifically directed movie and the effects were not always on point. Uh, but I would applaud it for not using CG. Oh gosh, yeah. 
Um, my brain still can't do what. What is it called? The the void. The um, uncanny valley. The uncanny valley. Yeah, yeah, it's my brain just has such a hard time with some of the CG effects. I don't think I ever usually fall into the uncanny valley when I'm looking at graphics. Some things from like Toy Story I do, where the the graphics are good, but they're they're not good enough. Like the skin doesn't move or something mm-hmm. like that. It just looks odd and it it's kind of freaks birdemic. me out. <laughs> I don't think that makes it anywhere close to the uncanny valley. That's just bad. <laughs> um, That's not even a valley. <laughs> no, it's not made it to the valley. Um, but uh, anyway, so I would come away with thinking that it was a overall a pretty good movie. Okay. It's not fantastic. So not the favorite of the things I've made you watch so far. No. My favorite is still uh, Breakfast Club. Okie dokie. So um, that brings us to our next episode. Breakfast Club. Again? Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted to say it that way. Breakfast Club. Um, So. Oh, my God. We still didn't choose. Did we? No, we we, we did. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So um, our next movie, I'm going to give it a nostalgia rating of a perfect score. And the reason I say that is I saw it for the first time within the last five years. Oh, okay. So you can't be too nostalgic about it. I can't be too nostalgic because this was a film that was assigned to me to watch um, by my friend Matt. Mm -hmm. Um, And this uh, movie starring uh, Michael Caine and Laurence Olivier. Michael Caine. um, Just fantastic. It is all exposition of characters and i'm really excited to make zach watch this however i have talked it up quite a bit so if this fails (laughs) how much weeping a lot of weeping (laughs) but it's um just knowing what my friend zach likes you know clever characters um just really sharp witticisms um sarcastic douchery like I'm looking forward to that oh gosh and all of it and you know just detective powers prowess mm-hmm. i just i i i'm hoping this hits on all of the markers for you i am yearning for that perfect score well i'm looking forward to that i mean you certainly have talked it up and i'm looking forward to it i think that sounds really exciting yeah so did did you ever say uh what was your nostalgia rating for jaws oh i don't think i i I think I gave it a perfect score. And did you give it a purple, perfect score again? Mm-hmm. I, 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 well, I, I think I lowered it to a 10 instead of a 12. Okay. Okay, yeah. good. Good. Yeah. Good. I'm glad. So. I don't think we've had movement on your scores. It's hard because if I didn't think so passionately about them, I wouldn't assign them. It's true. But that's why I think that the best t- type of movie for you to suggest is one that you haven't seen in a long time. So you come at it thinking you love it and then you watch it again and then you're like, oh, that was all right. So it's hard because I'm one of those people who will crave movies. Yeah. And so I will go back and I will watch things over and over again. Um, Psychologically, they have found that people who have um, stress and anxiety disorders actually like to revisit stories that they're familiar with because it's calming. Sure. Yeah. Um, And I think I, I fall into that category. I just eat a lot. Well, it's a good thing we're we're doing the cookeries. <laughs> yes. So, 
Um, all right. Well, okay. So you went down from a 12 to a 10. I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. And I gave it a seven. And I, I feel bad for giving it a seven. I just, because I know that it was an important movie. It's, it's I, okay that you have an opinion. I know. It's so it, we can't base it just on our love of char- the characters. We have to give it an overall analysis. And so I think it's, it's fair that you feel that way. Yeah. I mean, you're wrong. But <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> I, but I, I don't know because I you still, wanted to like it, but I did like it. And that's the thing. I didn't dislike the movie at all. Um, and in fact, I liked it quite a bit. I just think that it, to me, it seemed like it was trying to hit a certain scare level and it was trying to hit a certain thrill level that it just never got to. So I thought it was a really good movie. It just missed the mark on a few different things that I thought were crucial to what it was trying to hit. And that's fair. But, um, yeah. Well. Well, you know, so there it is. So we will uh, see you find people. Uh, We are doing our recordings bi-weekly. So we will see you not this upcoming weekend, but the weekend after next where we discuss Sleuth. And um, I actually want to watch this one with you. Okay. When it, so when it arrives, um, my copy has gone AWOL. <laughs> so we're ordering another copy so we can watch it because it is not streaming anywhere. Yep. Well, I'm looking forward to it. So uh, until next time, I've been Allison. And I've been Zach. See you guys later. Bye.